You're listening to the GOP Debate on CNBC. Yes, the uh, first question is for Mr. Carson. Two weeks ago, you were caught purchasing a rotisserie chicken for $4.99 at Costco. They have been rated as one of the most gay-friendly businesses by the Better Business Bureau. Do you find that to be uh, contradictory to your current political stance? I'm afraid that I don't fully understand the question that you're asking me. Why wouldn't I be able to shop at Costco? Well, you have openly been against same-sex marriage in the past. And I wonder if that was going through your mind while you were purchasing your rotisserie chicken at a gay-friendly company. I don't... I'm trying to make... Are you a retarded person? Stay tuned for more of the GOP debates on CNBC. You found yourself at the junction where worlds meet. Politics. Civility? How about honesty in this country, folks? Entertainment. I don't like entertainment. And a whole bunch of other stuff. It's about having a healthy body image. You have a very unhealthy body. You should have a horrible body image. Not a big home improvement market in Detroit. <laughs> we are definitely going to get letters. You're listening to Talk Radio's Strangest Animal. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. Oh, you know what that sound means? It means that it is. Well, not quite. It's heading. Don't don't speak until I introduce you, not gay, Jared. We are going into the weekend. I am your host, Stephen Crowder. Follow me at S. Crowder. And of course, producing with me in studio, as always, is Jared, who is not gay. You can follow him at not gay, Jared. I fulfilled my legal obligations and you can draw your own conclusions. I appreciate that. Thank you. We're good. We are good. You know, what's not good. You know, it was terrible this week. What's terrible? Take a guess. I'm. The weather was unpleasant. I want you to take a guess, but next I want you to enunciate. Enunciate. Uh, the weather was unpleasant. The weather was unpleasant. Um, uh, I think. I'm going to guess that it was probably the, the debates. It was the debates. I'm going to guess that was that's It was the fi- CNBC final answer. debates. Nailed it. So a lot has gone on this week. We had a cop who uh, allegedly roughed up a little uh, young uh, African-American girl. I think colored folk is the term they prefer these days. And we had the CNBC debates. Those were the big stories. Ben Carson took national lead. We are going to have Governor Huckabee on here uh, at the bottom of the hour at on the half hour for people who don't really. People go, bottom of the hour, what's the top? Half hour. We're going to have him at the half hour. And... Then we actually have a, a student who was suspended from school, Bryson, uh, in Canada, for simply having a picture with a gun on Facebook. A little bit of information there that people don't realize. He took that picture at the school on Armed Forces Day. So it gets pretty <laughs> – so we have a few stories, but I want to kind of give you an idea. The CNBC debate, um, if – now the moderators came out. This is the worst leftist hatchet job. I've ever seen in my life. I don't want to spend too much time on it because everyone's going to be talking about it this week. And I say this without a hint of hyperbole. It was the worst leftist hatchet job from the leftist media that I've ever seen. 
Tweet me at S. Crowder if you disagree. I know we had Candy Crowley, Mitt Romney. We've had quite a few moments. But when they started asking Ben Carson, one of the actual questions from, uh, what's his name? Carlos something? Carlos Danger? Carlos. Let's just forget them all. He asks him, you were on the board at Costco, which was rated as one of the top gay-friendly companies in the United States. How do you rectify that with your position? Some, something like that. I'm sitting there going, are we, what, what does that mean? Because he's against gay marriage, he can't buy towels in bulk at Costco? What, if I buy a rotisserie chicken and there's some Sprite in a, in a full-on drag outfit next to me buying some short ribs at Costco, does that mean that I can no longer shop there? And then they ask Marco Rubio how many cars he has and does it make, you know, to try and make him seem rich and not of the people. What was it? They asked Ben Carson about a product that he's used, that he's talked about. He did some speaking engagements. He didn't have any official relationship working. He didn't, they, they asked him, they said, you, you, you were sponsored by this product. He said, no, I've never worked professionally with them. I've spoken with them. I've never, they pay me for speaking fees, but that's just propaganda. Well, you were on their site with a picture uh, of you and their product. They did that without my permission. I had no idea. Well, then doesn't that speak to your vetting capabilities? By the way, Hillary Clinton killed a guy. Let's try and keep this in context, okay? It was so bad. It was just it was so bad. Let me kind of, but the one person who did, Rubio did a good job too. It's unilaterally sort of agreed upon that Rubio had the best performance and Cruz, Fiorina, uh, Governor Huckabee had a good performance too. Just I don't I don't know if a lot of people are really taking him in the mix seriously. We'll talk with him about that, but um, I want to play a clip here for you. And uh, Jared, keep an eye on the audio levels. This was when Cruz had finally had enough of this kind of junk. Congressional Republicans, Democrats, and the White House are about to strike a compromise that would raise the debt limit, prevent a government shutdown, and calm financial markets that fear of another Washington-created crisis is on the way. Does your opposition to it show that you're not the kind of problem solver American voters want? You know, let me say something at the outset. The questions that have been asked so far in this debate illustrate why the American people don't trust the media. This is not a cage match. And you look at the questions, Donald Trump, are you a comic book villain? Ben Carson, can you do math? John Kasich, will you insult two people over here? Marco Rubio, why don't you resign? Jeb Bush, why have your numbers fallen? How about talking about the substantive issues people care about? not finished yet the contrast with the democratic debate where um. every fawning question from the media was which of you is more handsome and wise <laughs> so this is and the let question me be about clear. the debt limit which you, you have 30 seconds left to answer should you choose to do so <clears throat> let me be clear the men and women on this stage have more ideas more experience more common sense than every participant in the democratic debate that debate reflected a debate between the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks. <laughs> and nobody watching at home believes that any of the moderators has any intention of voting in a Republican primary. Exactly. The questions that are being asked shouldn't be trying to get people to tear into each other. It should be, what are your substantive okay, solutions okay, okay. to people? I, my name I just want the record to reflect. Guys, I asked you about the debt limit and on. I got no answer. It's because you're an ass. You deserve no answer. I mean, I'm trying to get 
this damn new iPad to work. I never know how this technology works. Um, that summarized it. And I tell you what, Cruz, we've talked about this, and people go, Fiorina's your gal? Who's the Huckabee? No, just because we have someone on the program doesn't mean that's my person. I like Fiorina. She was very impressive in this debate as well. She didn't get a lot of time. She was probably the best on answering about crony capitalism and the difference between that and free enterprise and how one helps the middle class, one helps all Americans, and one is supported by, by leftist policy. I don't know where Ted Cruz had been for the rest of these debates, but this is what people wanted to see from him. I mean, you've talked about this. You're not, you didn't really know a whole lot about Cruz before these debates, and, and, and you were saying that, uh, Jared, that you, you, you didn't really get it. Did this kind of give you some flashes as to why yeah, people... Yeah. Oh gosh, and you had that. I love all like any time they answered a question concretely, and she didn't like it. That Becky at CNBC. Firstly, you can't be a financial expert when your name is Becky. Let's be honest. And she would. They would answer questions, and she. <laughs> could you hear that? Like in the mic, like all the time. Little, uh, oh yeah. Harumph. She's, harumph. She's like a little valley girl over there yeah it was just unreal i've never seen anything like it in my life i honestly haven't seen anything like it and every single question here's what's so telling too every single it was like a high school president it was how are you going to fix how are you going to what are you going to give to how are you going to pay the how are it was like every single question assumed that government was a solution and they had to spend some when um carson was talking about his budget about a uh, flat tax around 15%. And Governor Huckabee supports the, the fair tax, which is even more interesting. But he was talking about it, and they said the math doesn't add up. He said, well, that's not true. And he talked about, he said, you believe that every single one of these branches of government, every single bureaucracy needs to stay. It, they couldn't even compute that maybe someone would believe in cutting a government program because it, it's, what they, it's what we call baseline budgeting. For people listening, if you don't know what baseline budgeting is, it's once you have that budget, you can really only increase it to simplify it. Do you ever see, particularly like in Michigan here with the crappy thug unions that everyone hates, you notice that toward the end of the year, there's a bunch of construction going on, but nothing's being done. They're spending out their budget. That happens if they haven't done everything with their budget. They go, gosh, we have another $300,000. What are we going to do? Give it back? Call it a surplus? Well, no, hell no. We're just going to make sure we spend it out so we have that budget and we can ask for more next year. That's how the government works. That's why government programs always get bigger. That's why CNBC starts from the standpoint of what will you give to us? I want, I want, I want, me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. And we have an entire generation of people who, who can't even fathom the idea that, oh, you know what? Maybe it's not the government's job to pay. Like minimum wage. We went to a $15 minimum wage is so freaking absurd. Anyone listening who's gone through a drive-thru and gotten a wrong order that was as complicated as the number two, give me the number two, and they screw that up, and these people think they deserve $15 an hour. They don't. That's a perfect, and by the way, a living wage. I've talked about this with, with Jared. This is a CNBC thing. What are you going to do, a living wage? Bernie Sanders, a living wage for everyone. Okay. Let's go back, all right? They would have thrown me off the castle wall for having glasses. But let's go back to a point you're in a village, right? And you're hunting, gathering, you're trying to keep the village alive. If you are not able to hunt 
if you are not able to gather, if you're not able to cook or dry the meat for jerky for the winter, you're not able to preserve any fruits for the winter, you are able to do nothing. Guess what? You don't deserve to live. They don't kill you. They make you leave the village. They don't let you be a drain, let alone if you come back with the kill and all of a sudden you come back and Nantook's eaten a quarter of the woolly mammoth that was part of your ration for the rest of the winter. Guess what they do? They put an arrow in your back. Because forever, until recently, we did not say, you're a taker, you're a taker, you're a taker, you're a taker, you're a taker. We're going to give. Here, here, take, take. More, 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 more. Take, please. No. If you can't do a menial level job adequately, you don't deserve the same living wage as someone else. But these CNBC moderators couldn't even fathom that. And that's why they love Bernie Sanders. We'll be back to talk about cops roughing up kids. Sometimes it's funny. Louder with Crowder. Hey, this is Steven Crowder here to tell you about a contest at louderwithcrowder.com where one lucky winner will win a free AR-15 rifle. That's right. While everyone else is scared and clamping down on guns, we're literally giving them away at louderwithcrowder.com. Steven, isn't, isn't that illegal? It's not illegal to give away rifles just frowned upon. Oh, well, what about background checks? Well, yeah, we're doing it in partnership with AR15.com, our wonderful sponsor. They do background checks. They have a custom shop. They can ship it out to FFLs. Been doing it for a long time. I'll actually be buying the rifle, but giving it away at louderwithcrowder.com to one lucky winner. Oh, well, can I enter to win? No, you you know that you would never make it past a background check. Jared? Jared, you know you'd never make it past a background check, right? Yes. Enter to win at louderwithcrowder.com for your very own free AR-15 rifle. That's louderwithcrowder.com in partnership with AR-15. So glad to be back. Usually. Not always. Mm. Eh. Sometimes it's kind of uh, eh. Sometimes I'm like uh, uh. Sometimes I'm like eh. Eh. Hey Halloween's tomorrow That's right Halloween is tomorrow That's exciting That's exciting I, I realize I haven't done enough for Halloween lately I used to you know I used to, I trick or treated until I was 22 My wife made me stop uh, So I want to go again We should go we should go. We should go. We should just. We were talking about going as uh, Walter White and uh, Jesse Pinkman. That'd be fantastic. Am I Walter White or are you Walter White? <sighs> I don't know. I gotta see who can. No, I have to wear the tidy whiteies if I do. Someone's wearing tidy whiteies either someone way. Someone is, no doubt about that. Speaking but. of uh, sticky situations, we were talking earlier about this police brutality situation. For those of you who didn't, where did this occur? South Carolina? Where was it? Carolina? I don't know. I know the other I time forget. it occurred in McKinney, Texas. So for those of you who followed this story, we wrote about it at Lotter with Crowder. Here's something, and, and this is going to offend a lot of people. So it's a black girl. Let's just, the Marley, the Marley was dead to begin with. Um, it's a black girl. And she is asked to stop playing on her phone in class. She doesn't do so. They ask her to leave class. She doesn't do so. They call the office who asks her to leave class. She doesn't do so. An officer is brought in who asks her, spends about a minute and a half asking her to leave class. So it finally escalates where he tells her he has to forcefully remove her from class. She's in a desk with a, with, she's in a chair with the desk attached to it and it flips. 
and he drags her across the room. And so the headline is cop body slams girl and police brutality. Um, the cop has been fired since. Now, by the way, people think that uh, that that's, that's a, a trial that's taken place. People get fired all the time for bad PR. Uh, that's how I think Darren Wilson was put on leave and he was found not guilty. These things happen all the time because they don't want to take the heat. If you're a police department, right, if you don't fire the guy and everything's fine, you're no worse off. But if you don't fire the guy and you get sued, now the police department is legally liable. If you do fire him and everything is fine, you can bring him back. But if you do fire him and it's bad, you're protected. So it's a win-win to fire the guy and tell him, listen, we'll, 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 we'll see how this pans out. Right away, Twitter calling for this guy's death, that he body slammed a girl. We wrote about it. He didn't even touch the girl's desk. He grabbed the girl's pant leg. He tried to pull her out. She did punch a cop. She punched the officer. She was kicking and punching. So, and we'll, we'll actually, uh, I think we have a police brutality, um, James, I think we have a police brutality consultant coming on later. We managed to get him later mm -hmm. in the program. We do. So he'll give us some, some insight. But, you know, we do... We do have a police problem, a police state problem, in the sense that they have too much authority, absolutely. But we also have a jackass children problem. And I don't know about you, but I was talking about this. Firstly, she wasn't hurt. She wasn't slammed. She was flailing and hitting a cop, and so it escalated more than it need to, needed to. And then after, even then, when he dragged her across the room, he politely was asking her for a minute to put her hands behind her back. If I'm a kid, and I'm on my phone, or I did something in class where I knew that I was wrong, even if it escalated, and a kid and a teacher had slapped me, I would have said, don't tell anybody. Just please don't tell my parents about this, please. Because I know that I would have screwed up. And I knew that my parents would come down on me even, even if they came down on the administration. There is none of that with a lot of these children nowadays. They're told cops, well, let's talk about it. This is a black girl. They're told the cops are racist and black lives matter. And they're out to get you. This girl clearly had no respect for authority. And this guy was clearly not looking for a fight when he came in. It's not the same as McKinney where someone came in on a hair trigger. He came in. He was trying to get her to leave. Now, did his temper get the best of him and he violated protocol? Maybe. We'll find out in the trial. She was definitely wrong. And the cop may be wrong. When I came out and said, let's, there was a 15-second clip that didn't show her hitting him, that didn't show all the lead-up. I said, let's wait for evidence. The Twitter lynch mob came out, and same thing with Don Lemon at CNN. They just came out. They were furious. How dare you? We have all the evidence we need with a 15-second clip and a kid with an avatar with a flat-billed baseball cap and gold chains. And, and of course, they go, you know, witness testimony. Witness, here's the thing. The Twitter mob, people cannot be tried by the Twitter mob now. And that's what the leftists want. They want things to be settled on social media. They don't want it to go through the court system. Because then you have something like Darren Wilson, where they still think it's wrong, even though Mike Brown attacked the cop. Um, you know, eyewitness testimony is not reliable because people change it all the time. And, and even if it's not a lie... Often you don't remember things properly. When you take a concealed carry course, anyone out there, there's, um, I forgot his name, there's a guy who's legendary who teaches not only how to conceal your weapon, but what to say if you ever have to use it. Cues like, all right, everyone stand back. He has a gun. Somebody call 911 because they have certain triggers that they know people who are around will hear, remember you as the good guy. Otherwise, even if you're a good guy and someone opens fire in a gun-free zone and you take him out, people just remember you as another guy with a gun and, and they, don't, they don't really piece it together properly. So um, in, in this case, eyewitness. One kid said it had to do with chewing gum. Well, we know he's not right because it had nothing to do with chewing gum. You want to know why eyewitness testimony doesn't work? Because it changes. Like Mike Brown. Oh, oh his hands up! Don't 
shoot. Remember all those? Everyone, it was hands up, don't shoot. He was running out. It was yep. hands up, don't shoot. He wasn't doing nothing. Really? You sure you want to say that? You sure you want to say that? We're going to put you under oath. And if you're lying, it's a prosecutable offense. Oh, my bad. He was messing him up. He was messing the cop up. My bad. No, he was bad. That's what happened with Mike Brown. Complete flip turn when they were put on a witness stand. So someone saying something to the local news so they can promote their Kickstarter or their Twitter does not count as valid evidence. And with this police brutality video, when people, first off, it's not brutal. No one, literally no one is even scuffed. Okay? It looks bad because she's flailing and he drags her across the floor. I'm not saying he's right, but this guy has one Award after award after award in serving his community. And here's another possibility. This is one thing we don't want to talk about now. Even if he's wrong, it doesn't make him racist. Let's say, worst case scenario, this girl didn't respect the teacher, which we know she did. She wasn't requested four times to leave, which we know she was. The cop didn't come in and wasn't nice for about a minute and a half before he physically esc uh, escorted her, which we know he did. And he lost his temper and he tossed her, which he didn't. But let's say that. It still doesn't mean he's racist, because guess what? Every other kid in the class is black, and they're videotaping. He can be wrong and be a jerk cop. He doesn't have to be wrong and be a racist. But that's everything. If, if a cop makes one wrong move and you happen to have, it's racist! Meanwhile, an NYPD officer this week just got shot. Black guy. They have it rougher than anyone. The leftist lynch mob. And they went after Don Lemon, a black guy. All he said was, he said, I think what this officer did, it looks horrendous. But really, we should wait until we have more evidence. That's racist! You are Uncle Tom! You are Uncle Tom! Shut up, losers. I respect Don Lemon because he took an unpopular position. Still queer as a $3 bill. He's leftist, but I respect him on this issue. Louder with Crowder. We will be back with Governor Mike Huckabee to talk about the debates. Stay tuned. Listening to the GOP debate on CNBC. Yes, uh, the next question is for Mr. Trump. Uh, Mr. Trump, some people have said that you have been bombastic and offensive, and uh, we wanted to know if you were a comic book villain, which comic book villain would you be? Okay, listen, frankly, I think these questions are a little bit rude, okay? Even though some people, they, they call me, you know, they think I'm rude. They think that I ask questions. They think I'm pretty straightforward. I'm the straightforward machine. That's what they call me. I think that you're being a little bit rude and leading with your questions, frankly. I would not be a villain, okay, because Trump is a hero. Yes, and I know that this has nothing to do with policy or solutions, but is it safe to go with Joker? Stay tuned for more of the GOP debates on CNBC. You're listening to L L Louder with Crowder. Louder with Crowder. Louder with Crowder. to have this next guest uh full disclosure i've known him for a while i'd like to consider him a friend so before people get in the comment section and go hey you're shilling for your friend we've had uh, several candidates on you can find him at uh mike huckabee.com not the dot org business governor mike huckabee thanks for coming on 
Hey, my pleasure, Stephen. And, uh, you know, I love some of the things you're doing. I was talking before uh, you even came into the room. Uh-oh. Uh, some of the hilarious things you did. I mean, they were serious, but they were hilarious where you walked into Muslim bakeries and asked to make a same-sex wedding cake for you. And I thought it just pointed out the utter hypocrisy of the left and being very selective that they're outraged that Christians would follow their convictions. But it's perfectly okay right. if Muslims follow theirs. Well, anyway, I just want to commend you for that. It was careful if you're running for president to say that you like anything I've put out. I don't want, you don't want no, that don't kind of heat. Some of the stuff you put out is pure junk. Pure junk. <laughs> well, it's true. It is true. Well, it's funny about that one. I mean, you know, they always say, well, this is selectively edited. Well, of course, I'm a comedian, and that was selectively edited to be funny. And I said, like, there were some Muslim bakeries who were very nice, and there were some who weren't. But it only takes one lawsuit, and that's the point. That's right. Exactly. Um, and you were talking about that with, with Kim Davis. Uh, right off the bat, firstly, so right after the debates, how, how are you feeling? It's, it, it, unanimously, people seem to really think you had a good performance. Well, I mean, I think uh, given the questions I had, I, I would have loved to have had more substantive questions about things like the fair tax. <laughs> I'd have liked to have talked more about what is it that makes a person prepared to be president? Right. I mean, I really think we, when we miss in these debates an opportunity to sort of delve into the character, the background, uh, the preparedness of somebody to be president. It's a pretty serious job. I don't think it's entry level. I think a person needs to have had that kind of experience so that when you're president, you're going to face not what you expect. You're going to face what you don't expect. Right. And that's what you're really elected to be ready for. Well, but you didn't you expect those moderators to be. I mean, that I, I, I hate to do yeah. the whole media bias because sometimes it's overplayed. But that was, in my opinion, the worst leftist hatchet job I've ever seen in the history of, of debates. Am I, do you think I'm out of line with that assessment? No, you're not. Interestingly, Stephen, even the left wing media, I mean, you had articles on Politico that were just savaging. The process of the debate last night and the way that CNBC handled it. First of all, let me let me give a little sort of behind the scenes thing that a lot of people probably won't know. Yes, we love CNBC concept. had had uh, told all the campaigns that they were going to make sure that uh, we had a very different uh, experience and that they were going to equitably distribute the time. That they had some algorithms that they had <laughs> carefully built that were going to tell them exactly where they were, which candidate had had the most questions, which one needed to have more. They were going to take care of this. Do you think that happened last night? I'm going to tell you. It must have been Al Gore rhythms because <laughs> there was nothing in there that was balanced and fair, not only about the amount of time allocated, but also about the type of questions and even when they were spaced out. So I just feel like that the RNC has got to get on top of this process. This is not a game show. Right. This is not a process to let uh, America be entertained by watching some people take cheap shots at Republican candidates who, whether they like us or not, we have put our lives on the line to run for president. It's a serious process for every single one of us. Right. And the kind of questions that were asked last night, very different than the ones that were asked well, in Las Vegas to the Democratic candidates. For me, the jumping the shark moment, I don't know about for you, but it, it was really bad. And I appreciate that Cruz went after them and, and um, you know, people really like that. For me, the shark jumping moment was when they asked Carson, they said, you know, you, you were on the board at Costco. And they were rated as a super gay friendly uh, or organization. How do you justify that? Like, we care that Carson. What if I buy a rotisserie chicken at Costco and they have a gay romance novel? What does that have to do right. with running for president? It, it was a ridiculous question. Uh, you know, I've often said that the difference between people like me who are uh, very committed Christians who believe in traditional marriage and people on the left 
is that I'm very accepting and tolerant of people who have a different point of view. Right. I use an iPhone and a MacBook and an iPad, <laughs> even though Tim Cook is certainly not friendly to my point of view on marriage. Right. Uh, I drink Starbucks coffee and I order stuff on Amazon. Well, guess what? All of the CEOs of those companies support uh, a view of marriage that I absolutely don't support. But you know what? I don't try to put them out of business over it. But, you know, right. you'd have other entities in which if, if a Christian stands up, uh, then there's going to be a concerted effort, not just to disagree with them, but to put them out of business. And mm -hmm. I don't think that whole uh, dichotomy has been explored very much and certainly not by the mainstream press. Well, no, and they try and act as though, um, well, you know, actually, I have a funny story about that. So I went in, this was, I was working at Fox News, you know, for a few years. And at this point, I was still an actor kind of auditioning. So I was auditioning for a sports show. And I went in and it was at a screen test point where they were rotating us, you know, they rotate the panel. And there was a guy in there. And the second he found out Fox News, he's a liberal podcaster. He like his brain exploded. And uh, he was saying like, oh, which shows do you do? And I mentioned your name. I said, you know, Go Governor Huckabee show. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, he started talking about how much he hated you. And I said, you know what? I said, you know what about Governor Huckabee? I know what people think. I said, but he's actually really he actually can be a really genuinely funny guy. And this was a few years ago. And I remember his response. He said, what's mm -hmm. funny about him? His views on gay marriage. And I looked at him right in the face and I said, you mean the exact same views as Barack Obama? Because Absolutely. at that point, he hadn't shifted yep. yet. So it's, it's amazing yep. how quickly people forget it and they vilify someone like you as this crazy, you know, Westboro Baptist just for having an opinion. Yeah. Well, it's, it's part of the, I think, challenge that we face as conservatives and, and more specifically if we're Christian conservatives. But, you know, I've got a pretty... Uh, I, I guess just laissez-faire attitude to, to say, I can't make these people like me. Right. Uh, there's something in them that's not in me. I don't hate anyone. But some of them really do have a lot of hate. Uh, there is no tolerance. They have no place for diversity. They talk about diversity, tolerance, and love. Um, but I'll tell you, the meanest people I've ever met are people who are activists for a point of view on the left, and they just can't stand that everyone doesn't agree with them. Right. And there's no sense of humor. There's no sense of, hmm, that's an interesting thought. Maybe, maybe we should converse more. Right. But that's the, that's the nature of the beast we're living with right now. Well, I, I said this because, listen, let's be honest. You're, you know, you're an, I don't mean older white guy is what people will say. You know? um, <laughs> but I am. Okay. <laughs> um, but let's contrast with, let's say, you know, Carly Fiorina, who's a woman, uh -huh. two Latinos on the stage, Ben Carson. And I, I said, listen, Ben Carson is a neurosurgeon. You may not agree with him, but he's a neurosurgeon. And he's a black guy from Detroit to a single mother, okay? If we're going to talk about the black experience, he's not playing for the B team. That's the MVP. Detroit, single mother, let's be honest. I said, if yeah. they paint him as a racist dummy, which is what they've done, they're going to do it with anyone. It doesn't matter if it's Governor Mike Huckabee or Ben Carson or Ted Cruz or Carly Fiorina. So I think what a lot of people like me, regardless of who wins the nomination, we just want to see conservatives and Republicans stop preemptively apologizing because they're going to do it anyway. Well, and, and I think one of the things that you've seen in all of these debates is none of us are backing down. None of us are, are just saying, it's oh, true. yeah, we, we're so sorry. We've offended somebody. I think all of us are stepping up and saying, we offended you? Gee, you've got a problem. I don't. Right. And, and moving on and, and not allowing ourselves to be beaten into this submission to the far left and be made out to be something we're not, which, look, we're thoughtful, serious guys, most Everybody on the stage is very well educated. Mm -hmm. And I would tell you something. I, I don't know of anyone. This is what I tried to convey last night when I was thrown the bait about Trump. Uh, everybody on that stage, 
I've got more confidence in being president than I do Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, or Martin uh, O'Malley. I mean, come on, give me a break. Oh, come on. But you don't need to mention Martin O'Malley. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to throw that name in there. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if, if should Hillary be frog-marched across a federal courthouse lawn for federal charges, which won't happen under this administration, but, I mean, should that happen, uh, Martin's uh, there to pick up the slack. I think it's Sanders. I think a lot of conservatives and Republicans have underestimated um, the Sanders effect. And I've we've gotten a lot of flack because I've done a lot of videos on it. And we're the only Republicans, well, only conservatives out there who've done anything. Um, and what's very funny is a lot of the Ron Paul supporters were courted and some of them didn't. But about half of them did jump to Bernie yeah. Sanders. And it doesn't compute. Yeah. Well, in a way, it kind of does. I often said that uh, when I was, you know, and I was in the campaign eight years ago against Ron Paul, very sincere guy, and I like him a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I sometimes said if, if he went to one of his rallies, it was uh, sort of half gun show, half Grateful Dead concert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, an interesting mix of, of, of people who are really angry at the government. I think Bernie Sanders has tapped into uh, sort of the left anger in a way that some candidates tap into the right anger trump but i also believe well in many ways yeah yeah but i do think that he could be a george mcgovern of this cycle uh, a person that is so far left nobody thinks he can win but there's just such a a mood within the democratic party they want someone who really represents just how left-wing they have become and the fact that he is doing so well is really indicative of what has happened to the democratic party there are no Scoop Jacksons anymore that are defense hawks that really believe in protecting the national security of this, right. this country. I mean, that's a good, good thing to think about is uh, but just go back to uh, Jim Webb, uh, the one guy on that stage among the Democrats who had military experience, who had national security experience. And, you know, they basically tossed him overboard. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I, I wrote about this. Not only, obviously, the, the diversity that the left loves, which I just can't stand. Diversity either happens or it doesn't. It shouldn't be government enforced. But on the Republican stage, you've got this intellectual diversity of, you know, Rand Paul, who's all about that cannabis oil. And then Chris Christie, who's really more of a of almost of a war hawk. And you've got you're seen as more of a conservative sort of social uh, conservative Christian. And then you got Fiorina, who would be somewhere in the middle. There's such there's such a wide spectrum. And on the left, when you watch those debates, the only disagreement they had was over who had the lowest rating from the NRA. That was the biggest <laughs> argument they had. And and that's why I think Bernie Sanders, when it comes to the general, he only had a D minus. And the gun issue is such a losing issue for the left. And Hillary Clinton is seen as so shrill and anti-gun. I think that's a tough hurdle for her. I, I think you could be right. And you may be the first person to predict that Bernie Sanders would be the nominee. <laughs> but I think it's very possible because... Uh, Bernie Sanders has tapped into that anti-corporate, anti-Wall Street right. uh, feeling. By the way, I share some of that because I think that the sure. Republicans are as guilty as the Democrats, and they take all the money from these big donors, and they do their bidding. When people give those kind of dollars to a campaign, they're not doing it with an altruistic spirit. They're doing it with an expectation that when they want something— they're going to be able to get their favors returned. Right. And I do think the system is broken. Bernie Sanders is at least right on that. But it goes back to the theory that even a broken clock is, is right twice a day. This is well, this is true. And what's funny is, you know, the Tea Party, when it came first around, they're not, you know, their whole thing was the Rick Santelli rant, the anti-Wall Street bailout. That's how it started. And then Occupy mm -hmm. happened. And it was the same thing, only instead of peaceful protests, people were getting sexually accosted in tents uh, in Zuccotti Park. 
but there was common ground there. People, for some reason, it's seen as a Republican idea that we should bail out big banks. When if you read any of the big uh, books from conservatives, whether it's Saul, whether it's John Stossel, even whether it's people who people think are crazy, whether it's whether it's Beck or Limbaugh, people who mainstream America have vilified, they've all been against those bailouts. So I, I want to kind of throw that to you. You're seen as more of a social conservative candidate, and one of the criticisms would be from people, you're not fiscally, oh wait, we only have one minute, Jared? Well, you know what? We'll set this up, and then we'll come back from this. We go go to the next segment, because you need the floor right. on this. Um, all right. But there are some people who obviously lob that you're not fiscally conservative. So before we go to the break, would you say yay or nay? I would say I'm very fiscally conservative, and I've got a record to prove it, and I hope we get a chance to talk about it. We will. We're going to go to our evil corporate overlords for advertising, and we'll be back with Governor Mike Huckabee. Listening to the GOP debate on CNBC. Yes, this next question is to Mrs. Fiorita. Mrs. Fiorita, when you ran against Barbara Boxer, you did suffer from breast cancer, and you have been noted as a strong fighter against said form of cancer, and you had a double mastectomy. You have since rebuilt your breasts with what are rumored to be bionic boobs. Do you feel that that gives you an unfair advantage in today's political playing field? Your bionic boobs. Stay tuned for more of the GOP debates on CNBC. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. This is Louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. And we are back with Governor Mike Huckabee. Thank you so much for staying with us. So, like I Great said to be here. before the break, uh, some people say you're kind of the social conservative candidate right now. Fiscally, eh, go ahead and, and give them your pitch. Well, I cut taxes nearly 100 times in Arkansas, and I did that against the headwinds of a legislature that was 90% Democrat. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the country, nobody, not somebody from Massachusetts, Vermont, Maine, New Jersey, Oregon, or California – ever had a legislature as lopsided as mine, yet we not only cut taxes, we transformed our state's economy and brought the uh, basic per capita income up by 50% over the course of my time. I opposed TARP when a lot of Republicans were out there saying, wringing their hands, oh, we just have to do it. I said, no, you don't. That's not a conservative principle. I have fought for the fair tax, which is the most conservative approach to taxation uh, that exists because it doesn't uh, penalize people's productivity and subsidize irresponsibility. I reformed welfare in our state. We took half the people off of welfare, got them into jobs, uh, cut those roles uh, by 50%. Uh, You know, I put my record fiscally up against anybody's, but more importantly, keep it in the context of the kind of atmosphere in which I had to govern. Could I have done even more? Had I had a uh, even a 60% or a 51% Republican legislature? Yeah. But I had a 10 percent Republican legislature and a 90 percent Democrat legislature, all of whom, by the way, were Clintonistas and all indebted to the Clinton political machine. That was the atmosphere in which I governed Arkansas. Well, you even alluded to that last night that you got out alive. Um, Is there more (laughs) subtext there that I need to know, uh, Governor? Because I've talked about this for a while. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Here's the thing I I do try to point out is that while a lot of candidates say 
you know, I'm the best to go against Hillary Clinton. The difference is none of them have ever actually done it. Bill and Hillary both right. came to Arkansas, campaigned for every opponent I ever had. They recruited most of those candidates who ran against me. They raised the money for them. You have no idea what it's like to inherit a state government that is so hostile that when I went to open my door as lieutenant governor, first elected, it wouldn't open. And the reason? Webb Hubble, who was working at the White House and one of Hillary's former law partners, had called the Secretary of State and said, nail his door shut. And they did. So my door was nailed shut uh, with real nails, and it stayed that way for my first 59 days as the elected lieutenant governor of the state. I hear some of the Republicans say, I'm a fighter. I'm People thinking, are going to call BS on that. We have to have a source. Yeah. If you could have someone send it to us, because it sounds unbelievable, but I believe you. Well, I'll tell you, I'll give you a source. John Fund wrote in the Wall Street Journal about this Okay. Uh, right after it happened. Go back to July 1993, because the Wall Street Journal didn't think it was true. They thought it was an, uh, sort of an uh, apocryphal story and just exaggerated. Well, better a door so than a coffin with the Clintons. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, did any of your candidates, like the brakes go out in their cars or anything like that, Republican candidates in Arkansas? Uh, uh, I always slept with one eye open. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to wake up with a horse head in your in your bed. Um, <laughs> I mean, listen, I wouldn't put it, and, and I don't say that about a lot of people. I don't say that about Barack Obama, Bernie Sanders. Um, I, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but when you look at some of the things that the Clintons have done, and it's, it's, it's not a difference of opinion, it's criminal. It really is, and that's my opinion. I don't want to ascribe that to you, but um, th that's what's so scary about it. Um, let me ask you this really quickly. You tweeted something out. And what's funny is I, you forced me to do research where you said you would trust, was it the Clintons, Bernie with your, his taxes? What was the quote, the, right. the, the North Korean? Well, I said I would rather trust a North Korean chef with my Labrador than I would to have to trust Bernie Sanders with the tax code. Yes, well, except you said it in reverse because Labrador was the punchline. Yeah, right. Because you, I, I, you know how to frame jokes. I've, I've seen you do it. Um, I thought, like, everyone got so mad. I thought, oh, no, he screwed up because I know they eat dogs in China and Vietnam. So I was like, right. well, maybe he screwed up and people are going to say it. And I looked it up. No, they eat dogs in Korea. Um, yeah. Why do you think people were so upset when it's so clearly factually accurate? Well, because you have to understand the left doesn't care what the facts are. They right. manufacture their offenses. And so even if there's nothing to be offended about, they can pretend that they're offended so they can try to demand an apology, demand a retraction. And you know what? For far too long, conservatives have tried to be so accommodating. Oh, well, I shouldn't have said it that way. It was inartful. No, I've just said it's exactly what I meant to say. I said it because I thought it was funny. And if you don't think it's funny, then you know what? Don't listen to me. But I'm not going to uh, stop a sense of humor, and I'm not going to even stop talking factual things that are the basis of humor uh, because it offends somebody who really isn't offended. Stephen, this is the, the point. They're not really offended, but they pretend they are because if they ever had to debate the substance of issues, yeah. they know they would lose. They cannot stand uh, to deal with the logical conclusion of their own irrational points of view. For future reference, a good tag to that would be, or the White House chef, because, of course, our president <laughs> ate dog as well. Uh, <laughs> I want to make sure we get that. He admitted it. We're, this is not, this is not a conspiracy, it. okay, really people? Did. But the whole point about the North Korea, there was, in North Korea, they're eating lawn clippings and the barks off trees because unless you're in the military, you're starving to death under this dictator uh, communist regime. And that was really the point to be made. Yeah, but he got 16 holes in one in his first game of golf. <laughs> Didn't you hear that? The, the weird stuff uh, they made him out to be a deity. Well, his dad, they were, like he got 16 holes in one in a first game of golf. I'm like, 
Can you right. do something better if you're going to try and lie to your public? Like, why go golf? Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a rough deal. That's one of those perfect contrasts: North Korea, South Korea. You ever see a satellite map of the lights at night between the two? It, I have, and it's just. I mean, that that is the most revealing thing. And I've been to the, uh, you know, to the border. I've stood there yeah. right at the DMZ. Uh, you're looking over into North Korea, and it is just a, a I don't know, a, a chilling reminder of what communism is all about and how evil it really is. Let me ask you this. A lot of people say, you know, you're a real long shot candidate right now. Obviously, if you kind of look at the, the national polls, it's been sort of the Trump show and then Carson sort of surged. So what do you say to those people staying in, chugging along? Why? Well, because four years ago, uh, everybody but Herman Cain was supposed to get out because he was leading the polls. Eight years ago, everybody but Rudy Giuliani was supposed to get out because at this time in the election, he was leading in the polls. Now, let me ask you this. If you roll the, the calendar back four months, was there any national pundit who predicted that Donald Trump and Ben Carson would be uh, fighting it out for the leading uh, position in the polls at this point? Not one single pundit in America said that. They were 100% wrong about where the race would be now. What makes us think they're 100% right or even 20% right about where the race is going to be in February when the first votes are cast? Hold on one Look, second, I, Governor. We have to. Okay. We have a hard break, and then I'll let you come on real quick. Governor, MikeHuckabee.com. You want to hear him finish this up, go to the web extended version at LouderWithCrider.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Follow Stephen on Twitter at S. Crowder. to the GOP debate on CNBC. Yes, uh, this question is to Mr. Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, Ted Cruz, you have not been super popular in the polls. I've also heard that you do not drink. Now, my father used to use a phrase, I never trust a man who doesn't drink. Can you be trusted? Well, the first thing I would say to that is... I don't, I don't know what to say to that. Stay tuned for more of the GOP debates on CNBC. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. Oh, I'm in the speedy to say. Oh, that was lovely having Governor Mike Huckabee on. Seems like a really cool guy. You he's know? a nice guy. He does, which you wouldn't expect because everyone says that he's a he's a dumb uh, he's a dumb Christian uh, Baptist. Well, we all are, you know. Well, at heart, we all are. We're all stupid. Well, listen, we actually tweeted out. You can follow me at s crowder to see who you thought won the debates. It seems pretty unanimous. Everyone says Cruz and Rubio. I'd probably agree with that. Yeah, I think Huckabee did really well. In fact, I think the the poorest performer may have been Trump. Yeah, he didn't do very well. You know, Ben Carson is probably the, the weakest debater. We've talked about that. Yeah, well, he's the, I don't know, I think, I think he's not really a weak debater. I think his substance of what he has to debate is kind of like the silent dagger, usually. It's kind of, you never really hear it's like it coming. like a slow really poison dart coming. that drains yeah. you. You know, but he doesn't really offer anything. Like, he's willing to back up his views, but he doesn't have a lot of snap to his punches. In other yeah. words, he doesn't really bring something to the table that makes you go, oh, wow, he's so right on this. He just yeah, is sort of there. So, 
I don't, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I would say, yeah, Cruz and Rubio for sure. And then Fiorina and Huckabee, I would say. Fiorina has had the most consistent debate performances. I mean, she blew away on the small stage, first one. Blew away main stage, last one. And then this one, she was right in there. She really wasn't given a lot of time. And she did well. So yeah. I would say if you're if you're kind of tallying it up, you know, like a, a I think a, Christie was pretty predictable. Yeah, had a predictable performance. Uh, um, Paul, he's it's just me. He comes off a little bitchy sometimes. He comes off like a petulant little bitch. Yeah, uh, I think Christie did as well in some ways. And then J- Jim, Jeff. Jeff, John Kasich, John, John Kasich. Kasich. Yeah, he's that still guy. there. He's still alive. Is he still there? I thought he was hit by a bus. But I guess he was. Uh, no, I thought he had been hit by a was bus. It, was it pre-taped then? I, maybe it was. Maybe it was. I think um, I think he's dead. I think he is. I think John Kasich is but dead. But if he's not, man. that's good for him. That's good for him. That's no, good. It, it, it is. It's, it's, it's good for him. So, okay, Rubio, Cruz. That's what we're seeing on Twitter. You can keep your tweets going, at S. Crowder. And uh, some uh, dumb gentleman tweeting me. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Masculine white male, at Redbearded G, is saying, it's amazing how many people don't believe higher wages attract a better pool of job candidates. He's pushing for a $15 mandated minimum wage. Um, listen, of course, higher wages attract a better job pool of candidates. Of course they do. They do that every day. That's why people who get good jobs leave minimum wage jobs. Do you know the average amount of time at McDonald's that you work bottom of the ranking, bottom of the barrel, low-level employee before you get upgraded. Do you know how long on average that is? No idea. Depends where I've read. It's anywhere from three months to six months tops. That's and you move short. up, and you're no longer minimum wage. That's pretty short. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot of time. When I worked at a, I, I would, I've been fired from every traditional job I've ever had. Not surprising. Not surprising at all. I was fired from the Canadian Nordstroms called Lizelle for juggling promotional Christmas sheep. They caught it on camera. I was a very poor juggler. <laughs> so they were very dirty by the These end little, of it. Little ceramic sheep. Yes, but even then, I had been upgraded. Listen, I was a kid. This, I took a semester off of college, so I went to go work there. I was uh, depressed, didn't know what I wanted to do, riddled with zits all over my face, skinny, awkward. You're riddled, riddled with zits. Riddled, riddled with acne and AIDS. I was riddled with acne, and I just didn't know what to do. But they sent me in, and I was a good salesperson, and so they started giving me com- commission. And minimum wage back then, I don't know, might have been seven bucks, maybe it was eight bucks. It's always been higher in Quebec, but I about doubled it by commission, by selling more. To the point that they actually took me back and made me part-time because I was getting commission checks for four, five, six hundred dollars a week. <laughs> they actually just said, uh, actually, we're going to keep some. I was sexually harassed too much. by a gay too boss. Much for you. This was at Lazel. Oh, you too? No, seriously. I was her- sexually harassed by a gay boss. No, he, no, seriously. I, uh, just about, yeah. Well, well, he was French. And he goes one time, he goes, uh, well, I'm surprising. trying to think. And she goes, in French, oh, mon, uh, I'm trying. I always have to translate. He goes, Anglophone means English to French Canadians, so francophone, anglophone. And I remember I was bending over to put some Von Dutch hats That's where you went wrong. on the bottom shelf. And he goes, That's where you went oh, wrong. you know, my anglophone boyfriend, I have a cute little anglophone boyfriend just like you. And then he talked about coming in one day from a male strip club. This kind of stuff where if I'd have done it with a woman, you know, and I didn't complain until I was fired. Which was my, then it just seemed like I was throwing it out at them. Because I was fi- when I was fired, I was fired in early December. And I planned on quitting for Christmas anyway to go back to college. So when they were like, they gave me firing, but then they were like, unless you make a 180. And, and I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You can just fire me. <laughs> like, what? I was like, you can just fire me. I don't, I, don't need, I don't need to be here. 
Um, anyway, so yeah, it does attract for people who think, yeah, higher wages attract higher talent, better, deeper talent pools. And it happens every day. A $15 mandate, a minimum wage won't listen. We need people to do jobs for low amounts of money that are skillless jobs. They will replace those jobs at McDonald's with computers and they're already doing it so fast. It'll make your head spin. Like I said, I want the number four and I get a number five. You should be fired. You should be fired. Oh, but you don't believe in the welfare safety net. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't believe in the welfare safety net. You know what I believe? I believe you should be able to enter the punch key. Beep, number four. I believe if you want to make $8 an hour, $7 an hour, whatever the minimum wage is, any wage, you should. I should be able to say number four, please. Beep. If you can't do, beep, you don't deserve a living wage. You deserve a beep, bomb going off on your apartment. If you can't hit, Number four, you don't deserve $15 an hour. People are not going to be competing for $15 an hour. People, people will be competing for better jobs. That'll always happen. And what will happen? The people with skills, the people who go to college because of the inflation with a $15 minimum wage will now, what's a living wage? It becomes 20. It becomes 30 because you have to pay $15 an hour minimum wage. So what happens? What happens with that dummy? Your 99, your dollar menu, it's no longer a dollar menu. It's a $3 menu. It's a $4 menu. It's a $5 menu. You want to go to Bed Bath & Beyond and get your 20% off discount? Well, no, because everyone who works there is now $15 an hour, and they've cut their profit margins by 20%. So you don't get that 20% discount. You get no discount. So your new Roomba that you, let, that you get in your apartment with cable television before you get into your Honda CRV while you're living below the poverty line, you have to pay full price for your digital vacuuming robot, you ungrateful, non-contributing son of a crap. $15 minimum wage, higher talent pool. They just don't, like, they think this just comes out of the sky. What do you, why do you think they charge what they charge for products right now? That's the idea, is people just think businesses are just going, oh, we're making billions and paying them nothing. They'll never know. This Roomba, this iPhone actually only costs us 45 cents to make. They'll never know the difference. An iPhone costs them $200 to make. Let's use that as an example right now. It costs them $200. How much are you paying for your iPhone? $200, right? But you have to pay for a phone contract. That's where they make their money. Profit margins with some businesses, not all, are so razor thin that they offer a good goods or services at a specific cost. Mandating a $15 minimum wage will increase those costs so that the cost of living, the standard of living will go up like it does. In, we have a, an article up on the site right now. Do you realize that a, a, de a car, a beater used up car in Denmark is beyond the realm of the middle class? They can't afford it because of all their crazy minimum wages, 180% tax on new cars. And we actually had someone tweet me at S. Crowder. Someone tweeted me saying, well, that's not true. Everyone I know is middle class and we have uh, new cars. I said, oh, okay. Well, I guess how much are you making? Well, you know, we live in three bedroom apartments that are in shambles and we can't afford repairs. And we, I said, well, hold on a second. That doesn't mean you can afford those cars. That says something about your priorities. You don't want to drive an 82 Datsun. So you live in a ghetto. And, uh, well, a ghetto, I don't know what a ghetto is like in Denmark. I don't know. You have some strong men there who are stealing your, your, your beef patties. I have no idea, but you choose to live in squalor and you have a nice car. That's like a lot of people in the American ghettos, Detroit. We drove through there, right? Horrible, awful place. Detroit is a terrible place outside of a few blocks. Horrible, awful. Everyone lives in squalor, complete poverty. Houses are broken down. It might as well be the UP. There's no one living there. 
but they all have new cars. That's about your priorities. Also, cars will be more with a $15 minimum wage. So I hope that answers your question, masculine white male. Let's just pull, let's just pull minimum wage out of thin air. Ah! Should be shot at dawn before breakfast. Another news, uh, James Bond, did I advocate violence? I think you did. Figuratively. 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 James Bond, Roger Moore came out. This is a big controversy this week. He said that he said that James Bond can't be gay or portrayed by a woman. Why is this news? Well, because I'm talking about it. But it was this huge Twitter. Tra- Everyone was mad that Roger Moore said Bond can't be gay. I think everyone's really mad that Roger Moore is just still alive in general. <laughs> Why? What's wrong? He was with- a terrible Bond. He was even well, you know that- you know who he thinks. He was a terrible Bond. Roger Moore says Roger Moore was a terrible Bond. That's uh, how bad it was. Well, I don't know. I think Pierce Brosnan was the best Bond. But he made bank. Ah, the... oh, no way. He was the best Bond, but he wasn't in the great Bond films. By the uh, way, Stalker so. Jim is asking me to talk about. We'll, we'll get a little personal after this. I have a Comcast story and uh, plagiarism from Louder with Crowder. For those of you listening, we could actually use some of your support. We've had uh, tens of thousands of dollars stolen from the program and stolen from the website because... Of hat tipping, which is plagiarism. So it's a real problem. But yeah, Bond can't be gay. Bond can't be played by a woman. Is that really controversial? You go ahead. Tweet me at S. Crowder. I don't know. I want Bond to uh, be outrageously promiscuous and fire cool guns. Call me old-fashioned. Louder with Crowder. Stay tuned. Everybody was Hey, listener, what are you doing? You're listening to the show, but you're missing so much content at louderwithcrowder.com. Don't worry. I'm not trying to sell you anything, not any gold or self-lubricating pocket catheters, just news, videos, and exclusive stuff that you don't hear on terrestrial radio. Again, it's, it's all free. We're not asking you to spend any money. Just visit there, get your news, and get a couple of laughs. If you want to send me money, that's fine. What? I don't even know. How do you get in this room? Cold hard in. cash. This ad took a bad turn. Hey! Louderwithcrowder.com. Don't listen to Fun Dip. It doesn't cost a thing. Louderwithcrowder.com. Always having a good time here at Louder with Crowder. Coming up, we've got a story with Bryson out there in Canada who was kicked out of school, well, suspended from even coming into school because there was a picture on Facebook with a gun. Mm. Zero tolerance policy mm. for those mean old guns. Got them. Can't have a gun. Got them. Can't do it. You can't have a gun. Can't do it. You cannot. Don't, I, I, don't even look at them. Don't think about them. Picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. I can't even handle this stuff anymore. I just can't handle it. I cannot handle the zero tolerance policies. People were just tweeting me. First off, thank you for congratulating us on a, on a year at Wham. And uh, the show is going to be available for syndication starting this week with Genesis Network. So if you want it in your area, obviously you're probably listening to the podcast, but uh, you can always request it terrestrially. Um. One thing we were talking about, we've had a real rash of this. You know, Lotter with Crowder, we do a website. We only do a few pieces of content a day. We do this program once a week. 
We do a video once a week. We cut this program for video. So people listening, you can go to the website, lotterwithcrowder.com. We've been plagiarized a lot lately. Um, and I mean direct copy-paste jobs from some other big sites. You roll down the top 20 conservative sites, and uh, there are a handful in there. And here's the crazy thing. With some of them, we've actually had working business relationships, okay? So I'm just speaking with, you need to know this as conservatives. Um, the movement really isn't uh, about being honest and supporting people. I employ, uh, not Gay Jared here, I employ Courtney. They're my two full-time hires. And then we have McBrody, who's a part-timer and kind of some guest writers. But I certainly pay them a living wage. And I always tell them, listen, I'm not paying you what you're, I'm paying you more than other conservative sites will pay you. But I know I'm not paying you what you're worth. They're all very good em employees. So when we have sites that literally just copy paste our content or, or actually steal videos off of our channel on YouTube and upload them to their own Facebook pages for profit, one of them was our story about Caitlyn Jenner that we wrote a column this week. One of them was an open letter that, uh, that Courtney wrote to men and feminists. And then one of them was, uh, what was the recent one? Was all the pictures that we compiled of the police brutality story where we actually created pictures with arrows and analysis. Yep. yep. And it was just copy paste, and those one of those made it to the top of Reddit. For, the, for those of you who don't know, it's a big site. It's a big site that can generate millions in traffic, and so tens and tens of thousands of dollars have been stolen from the site uh, from people who profess to be conservatives, and they tell you it's okay because of the law of aggregation. Now, it's important that you understand this because you're going to hear about the Matt Drudge fight, and people are saying that the government is going after Drudge. They're actually not, and I like Matt Drudge. And, and Drudge is different because they actually tend to link out to sites. They do copy-paste some stuff. They won't be allowed to do that. They'll only be allowed to directly link out to a site. So they're not doing this to target Matt Drudge. It started with actually a comedian called The Fat Jew online. He calls himself The Fat Jew, and what he would do is steal jokes and post them as his own. That's usually what people call you. I, I, that would be, people do I'm call me The you, Fat Jew. I'm glad you clarified. Yeah. And so a lot of comedians were complaining because that's intellectual property. Now, some libertarians don't believe in the concept of intellectual property, but anyone who's creative knows that when you've created something, you've created it. Um, so they're trying to clamp down on it because it's hurting the content creators. Here's the truth. We spend a lot of time and a lot of resources creating content. If you're a conservative, you should be supportive of that if you like the content. If you don't, move along down the trail. The problem is you have these other websites where these are, there are conservatives who, you know, some of them are young people. Um, you know, some of them may be youthful. Some of them are youthful uh, conservatives. Some of them may consider themselves journalists who come from the West. Um, some of them may be, you know, part of part of the Tea Party, you know, and even creating a news network. Um, and, and a lot of them are like us. They consider themselves federalists, you know, and, and they write papers a lot. So there are a lot of other sites out there who do this. They just copy paste and take the money. Well, some of them, we actually had agreements where we said, listen, we don't have a bunch of employees. We're not putting out a bunch of crap and spam. You're doing 50, 60 posts a day. We do three or four, maybe five on a hot day, original posts, and we work on videos. We'll give you revenue if you just send us the traffic as opposed to putting it on your site. Just send us the traffic for our original content, and we'll pay you a certain amount. And we had contracts. Jared can tell you, we had contracts with this. And I told Jared, remember I told you this isn't going to last? I yep. said, because what's going yep. to happen is even if they're cutting us a nice check for content we're giving them, which is a net gain, they're going to want that last 10% they're paying to us. They can't get over that. And so our business model is this. Listen, enjoy the content. Don't, if you're a conservative site out there and all you're doing is aggregating clickbait crap, all we ask you is don't be an ass. Just don't steal our stuff. Don't copy paste with a little and say hat tip so it's fair. Just don't steal our stuff. 
And it's one thing, I get it, if we're talking about the debates, we're all going to have the Ted Cruz video because that's the highlight, but we all should be providing commentary, right? When we're not doing an original program like this or an original video or an original podcast, we provide a lot of commentary, but we're providing commentary on that topic. That's what they do in news. That's fine. Don't copy paste our commentary and pass it off as your own. So just so you know, it's hurt louder with Crowder quite a bit. We'll be fine. We'll keep moving on. But if you're going to these conservative sites, you need to know this is a big problem right now. And it's going to destroy. This is this is the echo chamber that's going to destroy the right. The right is dying. And it's not because of liberals. It's not because of liberal media. It is because of some conservative greed going on right now. And we, we're not suing. We're not making a big deal out of it. We're talking here because I know you people are fans. But, you know, when it takes food from Jared's mouth, when it takes food from Courtney's mouth, simply because someone wants to steal and they're unapologetic and they don't want to split the agreement equitably, we create original content. You have these people out there who are come from nonprofits, spend millions of dollars, have never once, not once generated a video, not once generated original content. They've not once hosted a show like this, and they make 20 times what we do. The ratio, it's funny, I feel like you, you're watching the ratio of content creators to content aggregators just dramatically shifting, and the gap is widening quite a bit, wouldn't you say so? Yeah. Yeah, the gap is shifting. Stalker Jim is saying he links videos and articles. No, that's not plagiarism at all. Stalker Jim, we're fine with people linking our stuff. What we have a problem with is people copy-pasting our stuff to their own site and linking to that, or taking an image that we upload and putting their watermark over the louder with Crowder branding. Like what we provide, everything we provide is free. That's the thing. Everything we provide is free. We just ask that you visit the site, support it regularly, and don't be an ass. And instead we have these giant conservative aggregators who just steal the stuff. Literally this last month, I can give you an idea. I, I don't talk about all finances, at least $15,000 uh, that would have gone to studio and paying everyone. You know, we have a lot of overhead with bandwidth and site hosting for those who work in those environments. Many, 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 many thousands of dollars stolen from us for, from no reason, from people who make millions. So just so you know, it's a problem and uh, we're working on it there on Twitter. Some people were asking and they've been sending me links to all of these sites that are copying. There's not a whole lot we can do, but thank you for the support. We'll be back with Bryson, the gun boy who was suspended after this. to the GOP debate on CNBC. Yes, uh, this question is to Mr. Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, Ted Cruz, you have not been super popular in the polls. I've also heard that you do not drink. Now, my father used to use a phrase, I never trust a man who doesn't drink. Can you be trusted? Well, the first thing I would say to that is... I don't, I don't know what to say to that. Stay tuned for more of the GOP debates on CNBC. You're listening to L L Louder with Crowder. Louder with Crowder. Louder with All right, great to have these next guests on. It's actually, well, we have a guest and the guest's father. So we posted this up at Lotto with Crowder uh, this week. Not a lot of sites had covered it, surprisingly. Bryson was suspended, then reinstated at school for a picture on Facebook. 
uh, involving a big, scary gun. Those are the ones people usually have a problem with. And it was kind of, there was an uproar that happened. They brought him back into school. There's a little more to it than that. So Bryson and his father, Chris, thanks for being on the program. We really do appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So, Bryson, okay, you had a little bit of a tussle this last week with – explain for the listener who might not know what happened. Well, uh, basically the Army came to our uh, school uh, one day, and uh, they came – first they came into our cl- class. They had a bunch of stuff. I took pictures. Then after uh, after they were done that, they also had to set up, uh, like, with everything and talking to them, and they had the guns down in the forum, which is, like, the main part of the high school. Right. And basically uh, – I went down there to ask them uh, about uh, joining, uh, about like what classes I would need to like be able to join, like to join the army or whatever, because I've been interested For in that within like the past couple of years. And uh, then uh, I, uh, after I started asking them, it was a little busy. I ended up getting pictures with uh, two guns, and, and uh, then they seen the picture of the school, and then they uh, suspended you. Yeah. Pretty quickly. And then, uh, then there was, a, so Chris, M- Mr. Bryson for the listener, what, what, um, what was your reaction when you found out they suspended him for a picture on Facebook? Now, when the story broke, a lot of people didn't know that it was actually taken at school on the armed forces visit, but what was your reaction as a parent when you, you got this news? Did you go nuclear? Well, I couldn't understand it, right? The, the picture was actually posted quite a while before any of this happened. Okay. And I was at work and my phone kept ringing and eventually I seen the number and I called it back and I spoke with the principal at cathedral it was Mr. Daly. Mm-hmm. And by this time he had told me that the night before he had gotten a text message with a picture and I guess a link to a Facebook photo. And it stood out, I guess, because Bryson was wearing his cathedral football sweater in the photo. Right. And Mr. Daly told me he was not made aware of the army visit that day. Okay. Which I didn't understand. He's the principal of the school, right? Something that significant, the army coming in and bringing in. Well, especially if they're bringing know. in guns like, uh, like this, this is, this is a pretty, what would you know? What kind of rifle that was? Do we know? Uh, no, I'm not entirely sure, all right. but I know that all the guns were debolted. They were tied, tied down and it was in a controlled environment with army personnel right there. Yeah. But, the, but it looks scary. So that's, oh, that's the problem. Course. It doesn't matter what the, so, so principal doesn't even know that uh, the armed forces apparently, uh, first off, I don't know how the armed forces come into your school and you not know. I mean, that's basically an invasion at that point. Good on them. They're stealthy. So they don't know picture taken. And how long would you say the outrage was after you said this picture had been up for a while, a couple of weeks, a few days. I, I'm pretty sure it was a couple of weeks. Okay. And you know, he had called me all concerned and he, he tried to say he asked us to stay. Uh, Mr. Daly said he he left a message to stay home for the morning, but both my wife's phone and I it said to, he cannot come to school today. There was a issue that arose, and he was very vague in the in the voicemails that we had. And you know, eventually they figured it out. Some staff had noticed that it was taken in the class, which you can see it right in the picture. And but here's my issue: even if it wasn't taken with the armed forces who came in. Why should Bryson, what's the policy there that says you're to be suspended for a picture with a gun on Facebook? E- even assuming the armed forces part isn't part of the equation, it, it still doesn't make sense to me. Is that Well, this mean? is what, this is the thing that bothers us the most. You know, when, when did they get authority to invade his personal life? And, you know, what if he had, we had gone hunting on the weekend and posted a picture with rifles or crossbows? Right. 
you know, is he going to be suspended for that? Um, we don't, we don't understand the problem with the school board. I don't know how they do it in America, but down here in Canada, there's no governing body for the school board. They, they have these organizations and Ontario teachers college, they have these places you can go to make complaints, but you know, there's actually no outside. Right. There's no, yeah, there's no real third party you can go to get it. Now, Bryson, are you, um, has there been a lot of feedback at school or are you uncomfortable at all going to school or is it kind of just business as usual for you? Well, it's kind of worrying knowing that uh, they, they're pegging me like this, thinking that I'm a, like uh, trying to act so fast on the picture, thinking that I'm going to shoot, shoot up a school, uh, shoot up a school uh, the way they reacted of the picture. That's <laughs> a good me. point. They seem, uh, do they have you on, have they had you on their radar for a while? Is that what you're thinking? I, I honestly don't know. It's pretty unreal. I mean, it seems like you said, it seems that would be going through my mind going, okay, what does the school think of me that just a picture taken with a rifle is making them react this way? But again, I, I you know, I was raised in Montreal. I haven't been in Canada in a while. I know in Montreal, just a gun was seen as a really bad thing. Um, it was just like, there wasn't even a discussion about it. So I know there's that sort of perception in Canada, but did they explain to you, like, is there a zero tolerance policy for gun images on social media? I, I'm still not. Well, what they told me was the biggest, Mr. Daly, his biggest concern was what if someone in BC had seen it and the image it portrays of cathedral to them? It, everything I got from it was it doesn't portray a good image. He's He asked us a few times to have him take it down, and I flat out refused. I said, you know what? There's nothing wrong with the photo. No. This is not a this is not a kid sitting around with his buddies taking photos to look hardcore. This is not a kid glorifying a gun. It's a kid in his classroom holding a military rifle beside army personnel and smiling because he actually has a general interest in Well, I'm looking at forces. it right now. It looks more like it looks more like a kid at a petting zoo with a llama, only instead of a llama, yes. it's a rifle. Like he looks very enamored like this is cool, not like yeah. hey I'm gonna yes. massacre a bunch of uh, a bunch of ladies that I call Polytechnic. Um, exactly, and you know, like they they asked us numerous times to take it down, and I told them no. Hey, quick Why question: have to? They it's still throwing they still throwing free condoms at you at public school there? Because when I was in public school in Canada, you could grab a bag full of condoms, but not an aspirin. Is that still going on? Yeah, and he goes. This is a Catholic school. Oh and, man, you know, they keep hiding behind safe school protocols and. Uh, all the board, Mr. Valvasori is the trustee, Mrs. Kovac is the superintendent, and they all stand behind the school's decision. Uh, Mrs. Kovac was actually involved in the process of keeping Bryson home. And, you know, I, it's just hard to imagine what justified it because we're not talking about a kid in a gang or a known Right. Well, I think the problem is Mrs. Kovac. You guys don't have to say it. I don't like her just hearing about her. We've had people like that on power trips in school. Like, I mean, listen, obviously, I've talked about this story. I got suspended from school one time for having a little tiny see-through purple water gun, like going into summer, summer break. It was shaped like an alien, like a Bugs Bunny-looking thing, and it was purple and it was see-through. And that was their zero-tolerance zero policy. And I kind of knew I was pushing it because they would say it was a gun. But I was talking with my producer here. You know, it wouldn't even compute if I did something wrong, let's say outside of school. Let's say I got into a fight with my brother or my friend and it went too far, something that would have not been tolerated at school. It wouldn't have even entered into the equation if it happened outside of school grounds and they happened to find a Polaroid. The idea now that a school with no policy in the issue can really just have, you know, they can have someone on the board who's offended 
and cause this kind of a problem to a family because of something that didn't happen in school, wasn't illegal, wasn't a violation of policy. I feel like that's the story here, not oh, gun versus anti-gun. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. They overstep. They constantly overstep their bounds and they make up their own rules as they go. You know, if if they were truly that afraid when he was calling us, he couldn't get a hold of us. So he was saying, if you haven't sent him to school yet, please don't. He's not welcome there today. You know, if it was that big an issue, why didn't they put the school on lockdown? Why didn't they notify the police in the area? Why didn't they notify neighboring schools? None of this was done. It was just your kid can't come. And, you know, since this, he, he really doesn't want to go back there because I can't blame him either because for them to peg him as what they did was ridiculous and they jumped the gun here, so to say. But we've also put in for a transfer to another school and, you know, they don't even want to get back to us anymore. Oh, really? So and you're just kind of... It aired on the local news. Now, you know, I can't say 100% it's in direct result of the news broadcast but ever since it aired he's been on a paid leave of absence the principal the principal of the school the one who had the main 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 effect of him he's staying probably home. in the shooting range right now yeah <laughs> i mean it's just it's one of those things and I, I hate to say it you know as a canadian who lives a dual citizen who lives in the states now the canadian thing with the guns is so silly uh it, it really is silly to just ascribe this sort of moral uh issue to an inanimate object and I mean, we had kids, you know, I mean, we had uh, in Quebec, we have the one of the highest abortion rates in the, the industrialized world. We had huge dropout rates in French Canada of all kinds of drugs. But their problem was like, oh, my gosh, if, if you even if you if you have anything to do with a gun, that's a bad thing. Um, but I know that there are different portions of Canada and different attitudes toward it. But it seems to me like a zero tolerance. It just seems very illogical. And it doesn't seem like they're looking out for the best. Does that mean 30 seconds, Jared? Oh, three minutes. Sorry, my producer's giving me signals. I'm sorry, you guys, uh, it, with all the tech difficulties today. It just doesn't seem like it's it's looking out for the student. It, it seems like at a certain point, it's really more so looking out to protect the necks of some people on an education board. Is that what you guys feel with this? Because I, I've followed the story. There's no real rhyme or reason to the decisions they've made. No, that, that's completely the way we feel. Everything is, you know, if you so much... You know, they hide behind protocols and this and that. You get these generalized messages from them. You ask for honest answers, you know, person to person, and they'll textbook it right to the end, you right. know, and it's always a vague answer. Well, zero tolerance. Well, you know, we would do the same for any other student. You know, you can't be too careful these days. It's like whatever happened to innocent before proven guilty, whatever happened to maybe doing your job, investigating and maybe looking into it. He knew the night before. Right. Did you, you see, know, contrasting this with the story that occurred in the States this week, did you see that with the girl who refused to leave class and the cop who, who took her out? And the of cop, the, yeah, I mean, I've seen that. Contrast that with what, what I said was, let's wait for the evidence. It looks like the cop is fired so far, but that's not a, a conviction. Um, we know she was wrong because she was asked to leave four or five times, and he might yeah. be wrong. We don't necessarily know yet what, what protocol is. But contrast that with no one saying she did anything wrong to immediately vilifying Bryson because he took a picture with a rifle. Did that go through your heads at all when you saw that story? Well, yeah, they, they automatically pegged him as some kind of psychopath that has the potential to go in and shoot up the school. Though, Bryson, you, know, you don't I'm want that, you should grow out your hair. Yeah. That's what they'll do. <laughs> 
They go buzz cut. The dad has a Duck Dynasty beard. Oh, my gosh, he's going to go postal. That's what they're thinking. <laughs> well, that's the image that the school has of us, right? Like, both me and my wife, we go in there and we're looked at as second-class citizens because uh, we don't come in a suit. You know, we both have numerous tattoos. Right. And, you know, any meeting is just scowls and, you know, it's ridiculous because – I don't have an Armani suit and a Rolex watch. Well, I don't know if a principal has an Armani suit and a Rolex watch, but I do get the point. I don't think you know what I mean. I and know it's, what you know mean. what? I choose to dress how I dress, and I don't do it for you. No, exactly. And you, you don't owe them like any it. apologies, and you don't owe them any apologies for stuff taken uh, outside of school on a Facebook picture. Hey, we got to get going. Bryson, thanks for coming on. Mr. Bryson, thank you for coming on. And um, I hope things work out. If anything happens that you think we should know about, please let us know, and, and don't be shy to stay in touch, okay? Yeah, we'll keep you in touch, definitely. Thanks, guys. God bless. We will get more after this on Lotto with Crowd. Stay tuned. You're listening to the GOP Debate on CNBC. Hi, I'm the third moderator, Becky. Um, this one is to Mr. Ben Carson. So you're like black but you like don't really sound black do you think that's gonna be hard for you i I don't really i guess i don't know what you're expecting from somebody as a black person and the way to speak i was raised to a single mother uh, in detroit when i was young i was actually quite prone to rage i was uh, i had hit people with baseball bats and and um i had what you would call the black experience but i think that i've managed to to pull myself uh, to a level where I believe all Americans should strive to achieve. So do you like Nicki Minaj? Stay tuned for more of the GOP debates on CNBC. Glad to be back with you. We will be going to a call soon. Uh, just a quick note for those people on the left who say, I can't believe we wasted all of this taxpayer dollar on Benghazi. We'll talk about it more after our guest, but we have it up at lotterwithcrowder.com. We actually spent more on origami condoms and fat lesbian studies than we did on investigating Benghazi. We've got the numbers. We uh, have them up at lotterwithcrowder.com. So investigating the death of four Americans, less valuable than origami not even real condoms, condoms. i don't know origami. origami i think I it's a brand is. name uh, which is silly because paper condoms, unless my wiener is going to look like a swan that sounds like probably pretty problematic it seems sounds problematic it doesn't sound like it <laughs> no. would have the best uh vacuum seal no, no fat lesbian studies uh let me provide your study for you they're fat and they're lesbian and study <laughs> i just saved you five million dollars but our next guest we have calling in you probably know him uh on the twitter on other radio shows as uh, Angry Tom, and we are glad to have Angry Tom on the show. I don't know what we're yelling about! 
I am doing well, sir. How are you? I told I told Jared, I said, I normally just call in when I'm angry. I'm not really pissed off right now, but it's nice to talk to you. But can I say something right up front, though? Okay. You're both kind of comedians. You're a professional. I, I, get, I do it for free. But I retired as the investigative manager for AT&T in the college market. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm trained in computer science, electrical engineering, and forensics. Now, because of that. Now, are you hitting your microphone? Because we're getting a lot of pop. Just be careful there. I might be too close to Okay, but you need so, to get a little closer. Sorry, Angry Tom. We don't want to make you too angry, but you're kind of you're making it hard on us. Okay, but people belittle me because because I'm always angry and I'm conservative. Right. But anyway, you and I um, we disagree on a few things, and mm. I, I want to let's bring up uh, the first one. You have said on your show, Ted Cruz can't win. Well, let's, yeah, I'll stick to one. Okay, we'll do that because then we have to let you go. It's a short okay. segment. Go ahead. Okay, that always makes me angry. Yeah. Now, you didn't say it today, so but I believe that part of the ploy of the mainstream media is to belittle the person they fear the most or to keep him out of the limelight. Yeah. And that was the beauty of the debate. He got to rise to the top like cream should. And now people are going, hey, who is Ted Cruz? But yet they say he can't win, which I think is a farce. They said, like, I, Sarah, I haven't said he can't win. Okay, I thought you did. I'm, no, I, I said it is very difficult, and he is certainly the least electable with a younger, non-conservative audience. Well, see, and I, I believe he's the best man still. Yeah, stand. but if he can't beat Hillary, and here's a good example. Here's a good example, though, um, where you say, you know, the media, right? Yes. And I understand why you're angry, but do you know what you do you know what you just did? A lot of conservatives don't realize this. We talk about it, but we generate media. When you say, "Well, it's because of the media," when you say that, you just rendered yourself powerless. You've given all that power to the media and you've blamed all of the conservative problems on the media and not maybe Ted, Ted Cruz is great. You know that I think Ted Cruz is a conservative. You know that I've worked with the guy in Texas. I've, I've performed at rallies uh, where like stand up where he's been. We have no business relationship. So, you know, I like him. I'm talking from a strategic standpoint. When you say it's the media, you remove all the crappy speech writers. You remove all the crappy consultants, people who could actually improve him to not come across like Mr. Rogers to a mainstream audience. It's not all the media. There's a lot that he can do, and that's why I offer those critiques. Okay, well, you know, point taken, but I still think in general he's being belittled. And to me, he's still the best candidate out there. He's the best candidate out there, but he's and I agree with you, but he, he, he's not the best candidate to beat Hillary Clinton. See, and, and again, I disagree. Okay. Once he, once he gets the microphone and, and people can see his values, his core values, he will be, he, he will rise. I mean, but let's see what happens. I mean, we're not, like I said, everybody's fretting and we're not even to the primaries yet. Can I know you said don't switch, but can we talk about the debate real quick? Okay, I personally, real quick. I personally believe he won the debate. I believe Rubio finished second. Me too. Chris, Christy finished third. I would the put that, I'd switch that Fiorina, but okay. 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 But what I don't like, and, and I'm sure you've seen it as well, because we live politics. Right. What is, again, I'm going to use that term you hate, the mainstream media says Trump won. What the hell were they watching? No, you know, I hate to tell, I hate to correct you. That's not the mainstream media. That's the conservative media who's interested in making clicks and money. That's not the mainstream media. The mainstream media finds him hilarious. Conservative media, a lot of the big sites out there, a lot of the conservative sites, I will tell you this. And you know this, Tom, because you follow us online. We didn't post anything on Trump. We don't because we don't have anything nice to say, so we don't say anything. Other conservative sites actually have orders out. 
I know to their writers, top down, do not write anything negative about Trump because they know it's guaranteed huge clicks. So if you have a problem with Trump, you have a problem with conservatives who, like you and I, don't even necessarily support Trump, but they need to push him for the traffic and the clicks. That's a real issue. And I think we can agree on that. Okay, and one last thing. We're always being bashed because we don't care for people. Right. You 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 make my heart swell with the dealings that you have with that little Walmart worker. I think that you show pure compassion for that man and it's genuine. It's not fake. You're not doing it for you know people like me who are out here listening. You really care for his well being and you speak of what conservatives are. We do care for others, but yet we're belittled for being non caring, which is a total lie. Well, thank you. That's so you're not angry. listen, you're being too sweet today. Next time call in and call me an idiot or something. Be a little oh, more no. <laughs> I, I will call you angry someday, but uh, no, but stalker Jim is great. Stalker Jim is. Yeah, we, we do. We're looking out for him and uh, you know, listen, he's a little unstable, but he's uh he's, he's a great guy. All right, Tom, we got to go to a break soon. So thanks so much for calling in angry Tom. And uh, we will, uh, we'll have you back on sometime soon. Angry Tom. He wasn't really all that. Angry. I don't know what we're yelling about. Wasn't very angry. He wasn't very angry. I don't, it was like pleasant. It was like pleasant Tom. Which is strange. I feel like we're getting a lesser Tom because I hear him call into other shows and he's angry. He is angry. Sometimes. We could use more anger on our show. We could use. I mean, we don't have enough outrage, you know, because we don't get that offended by things. Like we get upset at stupidity, yeah, more stupidity frustration. Is, but yeah. you tune into conservative radio shows, like I can't believe this. We have to rah rah. We don't really do that. No. I was hoping angry Tom would like like call my mom a like a whore or something. I can if you want. You can go there. Well, you do it. Yeah. We can go there. Your mom's a, my mom's a lovely person. She's a love, she's lovely gal. Lovely. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I'm just kind of a whore. I'm just I, saying I, I deserve the insult. For some reason, when people call in, all of a sudden they're really respectful. Like spit on me a little bit. Pull my hair. It's okay. I'm down with it. Let's just get, we'll get Milo back on. He'll do that. He's perfectly fine with it. Louder with Crowder. We'll be back after this. to the GOP debate on CNBC. This next question is for one Mr. Governor Chris Christie. So, how's your blood sugar? Stay tuned for more of the GOP debates on CNBC. You're a strange animal. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. Oh, I'm in the speedy to say. Here we are, going into the third hour after Angry Tom, who was not angry, so disappointed. He's not allowed back until he gets angry. He should not be. He should be banned. He should be banned until he's angry. I was just thinking about something, and then I realized I was I was looking here down at the soundboard, but I I didn't really have anything. I just didn't really have anything for angry uh angry angry Tom, uh, angry Tom. Listen, if you're, if you're still listening, the next time you better call in, you better be angry, or your punishment must be more severe. There we go. We kind of got one in. Yes. People were saying we didn't get enough sound. We didn't get enough of the sounding board stuff going in. Okay, we'll take more of your calls after the break. 
And we have our expert James on police brutality, uh, uh, urban relations. I don't know. He's I don't know one of the think tanks he works with, but he'll he'll come and actually talk about police brutality and the best ways to avoid it moving forward. Here's something I want to talk with you about. A lot of you may not know. You know, Rahm Emanuel just came out this week. Chicago violence is at this all time high. You're talking like 25 to 50 shootings per weekend. Per weekend. That's- that's astronomical. That's astronomical. Astronomical. Well, when it comes to muggings. Really spectacular. Spared no expense. Chicago <laughs> knows what they are doing. And it's enough of a problem that Rahm Emanuel blamed the police. He said they're basically too gun shy. He said that they're afraid of public backlash if they were to actually do anything. Well, no duh, Rahm Emanuel. They're afraid of you. Cops are afraid because this is one thing that people also have to accept. What do you think a cop thinks when he gets a call and there's some black guy who's harassing somebody in Chicago or a mugging and the situation's murky and they don't really know? Do you think maybe the cop is going in going, oh, geez, I just hope I I don't need this today. I, I hope I make the right call. I do not need this PR nightmare. Or do you really believe that all white cops are going, I can't wait to lynch me a black guy. See, oh, boy, down in Chicago, down in Chicago, we're going to go lynch us a black. Oh, boy. What do you really think they're saying? Like, honestly, I, I, I tend to believe that cops right now are really, really afraid of backlash. And Rahm Emanuel said that's and the cell case. Phones. And, and cell phones. Uh, although I think we should be able to film cops on cell phones. Absolutely. Sure. And I think they should all have dash cams. That's one thing we can all agree on. But in Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, who's part of the Democratic Party, who says, yeah, hands up, don't shoot, which is a lie. Black lives matter. Uh, and not all lives matter. They say all lives matter is racist. Black lives matter is great. These are the people. Uh, these are the people who create the platform on which he stands, the Democratic platform. So Rahm Emanuel, it's because of you. But here's something that a lot of people don't know. There have been suggestions to reduce gun violence. There's one out there. If you haven't heard of it, it's called Project Exile. Now this was an initiative. Um, it was it was done in Richmond, Virginia, where they experienced a large increase in violent crime and homicides. Okay, so working with Richmond Police Chief Jerry Oliver, uh, officials developed a plan to increase the federal prosecution of firearm crimes, particularly the ATF sort of bread and butter, um, the charge of a felon in possession of firearms. Okay, so here's what it was. In Richmond, Virginia, there was a lot of violence and they basically said, okay, we're going to create a federal prosecution if you are a felon, meaning you're not allowed to own a firearm. That's what's so funny. People say, well, criminals shouldn't be able to get guns. Yeah, felons are not allowed guns, but many of them have guns. Now, what's the punishment? In most places, it's a fine. Good luck getting a felon with a gun to pay a fine. I mean, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to respect these gun laws. I'm going to carry my nine, but here's a fine. Damn it, when's the due date? Oh, I don't want to pay interest. What do you think? Of course, they're not going to respect the fine. So Project Exile is basically, you're a felon, you're caught with a weapon, you're caught with an illegal firearm, five years. You're caught a second time, 10 years. I think you're caught a third time. It goes maybe even to 20, not 15 years. I don't have the third one in front of me. I only have the first two. Okay. Now, what did this do? It decreased, it's actually largely seen as one of the most successful anti-gun violence measures ever taken. Depending where you look, uh, 33%, some places have higher, some places lower. That's about the average, a 33% decrease in gun violence. Just by heavy, heavy punishments to people who are already felons if caught with a firearm because they didn't, it's not worth that risk. So that sounds great, right? It was actually supported by the NRA, big evil NRA. Guess who opposed it? 
Uh, that's a good question. I'll give you a hint. Give me a hint. Are you crazy? Those guys are reaching. Oh, liberals. Liberals. Yeah. Ah. Liberals opposed it. Leftists opposed <laughs> it. That's what happened. It's hilarious, too, because you would just you would just think that these people I mean, they don't want people to have guns anyways. Well, yeah, that's so why the do they have a problem with criminals having guns? Exactly. They want to remove guns from that so is the suspicion. The Congressional Black Caucus opposed it. A lot of these organizations of moms against those kinds of organizations opposed it, claiming that it was racist and it targeted minorities. Now, what does that mean? There were more black people who were felons who were caught with firearms. And so it's what hilarious. they're saying is it's you're going hilarious. to this is going to disproportionately put more black people behind bars. No, it's going to put disproportionately put more felons with guns behind bars. If if justice is blind, it has to actually be blind. That's the only way it can work. It can't work. Can't work with quotas. No. Well, and also for the black caucus to say, "Hey, hey, hey, we know so many of our black people are have illegal weapons." So we we can't support this law because we know black people commit crimes. I'm going, what? Black caucus? Are you? Yes, you are. That's, that's sick. That's a sick thing to do. I can't believe they would say that. So you have, here you have something that would take the guns out of the hands of criminals. They do it. It's worked. Widely acknowledged to have worked. It's not opposed because it didn't work. It's opposed. Why? Because it's racist. It's opposed because they think it disproportionately punishes people who are in poverty. So here's the real reason why, right? If it worked so well and all you were doing was aggressively prosecuting felons with firearms, okay? And we know it works. No one denies that it works. This isn't me. You can go to lotterwithcredit.com. We have it up. It's not propaganda. Leftists have acknowledged that it worked. And it works without touching anybody's right to own a firearm. So if you can have a decrease in gun crime by 30% without having to limit uh, magazine capacities, without having to tell people that they can't have a pistol grip, without having to tell people that they can't have a clip uh, on their handgun with more than nine bullets, without forcing them to do uh, a gun registry, if you can have a 33% reduction in gun crime without doing any of those things. Stupid things. Stupid, yeah, silly things. Without doing any of those things, just prosecuting felons, what do you think the American public would say? They'd go, oh, wow, we can have that. Well, yeah, let's do it. Great. And then guess what? All of a sudden, they don't care about the other gun control proposed at all. At all. Because they go, hey, look, we can have our cake and eat it too. People who don't commit crimes, they can keep their guns, and we can prosecute the felons with guns who are the ones that are 25,000 billion times more likely to commit a crime with a gun because they're already committing a crime by having a gun. Dumbass. Yeah. Of course. So the public would support that legislation. And of course, there would be even less support for the gun control proposed by the left, which is immensely unpopular. Now, that's why the left opposes things like Project Exile. If you run down the list of things that could be done to actually curb gun violence, the left opposes it at nearly every single point. And why? Well, they say it's racist or they say that it's not enough, or they say that there's a loophole. Here's one, black and white, it works. Leftists, will you support it? That's racist! Okay, you don't care about gun violence. You don't care about gun violence. Project Exile. I want you, if you're listening right now, Google or go to louderwithcrowder.com and read about Project Exile. It's as simple as prosecuting, more harshly, felons in possession of guns. And you can have a double-digit percent decrease in gun violence. All you're doing is saying, hey, Mr. Felon, armed robber who robbed a bank, 
you're not allowed to have a gun. We found you with a gun. Instead of saying, we're going to charge you with a fine that hopefully you'll pay. I hope you straighten up and fly right. We say, we're going to jail your ass. Guess what? It works. We know it works. <laughs> Left apart. So you, you, listen, I'm not one who is a, a conspiracy theorist, but you have to make an inference. Their reasoning is that it's racist. So again, it's kind of like I've talked about this with, with Jesus. As a Christian, uh, I believe, I believe obviously, Jesus to be who he claims to be. But as a historical figure, there's no denying it. And, and the reason there's no denying it is because of the arguments made against him right after he died, which I find the most compelling. You can find these, these documents written about Jesus from people who are trying to disprove Christianity. But what would have been the easiest thing to trot out a body? What would have been the easiest thing to show that he was dead or to simply say he was never crucified? But because there was the empty tomb, the most, uh, the most passionate anti-Christians to argue against it argued that it was a conspiracy, that the apostles were in on it, and that they stole Jesus' body from the tomb. They had to start from the ground because it was accepted that Jesus existed, he was put in a tomb, and he was missing, right? If they could have convinced anyone that that never happened, they would have hung his body when they were trying to shut down Christians, when they were killing martyrs, they would have said, ah, the tomb doesn't exist. He was never crucified. Instead, they had to start with, okay, he existed, he was crucified, and the tomb was empty, but here's why. To me, that's the most compelling evidence of the crucifixion of Christ. In this instance, the most compelling evidence that it works is that leftists aren't saying it doesn't work, right? They know that can't work. So their argument is that it's racist. So they've known about Project Exile, they fought against Project Exile, but their argument is that it works too well and it's racist. So the compelling argument is not the conservative rah, 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 red meat argument. The compelling argument is the one that's made against it from the left. Because if they could say it doesn't work, they would. They can't. They have to say it works really well, but it's racist, it's sexist, and we want to shove our hands up your wombs and take your uh, ovaries. That's what they have to say about everything. Louder with Crowder. We'll be back after this. We not racist! Lyle, didn't see you there. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just relaxing and enjoying my 1978 Bordeaux, a fine beverage after a fine game of racquetball at the Wimbledon. There's no more quality establishment than the Wimbledon, you know. That sounds fun. I don't really know a whole lot about wine. That's why I go to simplifiedwine.com. Or I just call their number. What's that number, Jared? 844-297-WINE. Oh, where'd he come from? His voice aggravates me. I have him chained to a caravan. For simpletons like me who don't know a whole lot about wine, just what I like, it makes it easy. I either get the call, go to the website, talk with a sommelier, list what I like, what I don't like, my budget, and can have it shipped directly to my door or gift-wrapped and sent to a friend. It doesn't get any simpler than that. Simplified wine, you say? I prefer more of a barrier to entry. <laughs> I know you do, Lyle, but you're an elitist bastard. That's why for simpletons like me, I prefer simplifiedwine.com or just calling 844-297-WINE. We are back.
back, and we're taking a few calls today. We have another one after this, our expert on police brutality and urban relations. But right now we have someone who really wanted to call in. We saw him on uh, Twitter. I don't know his name, so let's not hear his name because it's funnier to go with his Twitter name. Turkey Club, you're on the line. How we doing, Steve? I am doing well, Turkey Club. So you were you were chomping at the bit to get on here. What's on your mind, brother? Well, I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, you, you listen to all these uh you know, the uh, the the gun banners and uh, uh, the 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 Australian uh, confiscation. Right. Uh, you know, and and look at what happened to Australia. I mean, the 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 rape numbers and the and the uh, the uh, the violent crime numbers. Well, those actually just didn't, exploded. They didn't really explode. They stayed about the same. Well, not not if you not if you go to AIC, okay, and and look at their numbers. I mean, you you see a giant. It's fifty percent. It's plus fifty percent. Is what is what happened. Well, when we looked at it, we didn't see that. But what, and I, I'm not doubting you. But what I am saying to people is, you know, the truth is, crime can have a ton of variables, right? So we don't necessarily know if that's the causation. But what we do know is that it certainly didn't decrease crime. That's unilaterally agreed upon. The gun well, buyback didn't decrease crime. All right. Well, how, how about how about this? Uh, you you go to uh, the UK. Yeah. And you go to uh, Australia. Right. Uh, and you go to uh, the exact year that those bans confiscations took place, and each one of those. Okay. We we don't know what happens in Western uh, cultures. Right. Uh, when when when. Uh, Except for those two instances. People started getting stabbed. And, well, what happens is, is, is if you choose to believe it, is that the exact same time that gun bans happen, is that the exact same time, purely out of coincidence, is that rape and violent crime increases by 50%. Well, I have to. That, that is what happens. Okay, I will have to take your word. Well, I mean, we've done the. Re- it, it depends which kind of data you. And violent crime is tough to compare. But I agree with your premise, sir. Hey, we heard you uh, sipping on uh, sipping on something there before the break. What are you What, what are you drinking? What do you got in your big gulp going on there? Well, what do I have? What? I said you were sipping. We heard you during the break. We heard you sipping uh, sipping some uh, some ice cool beverage. What are you drinking there? Oh, I've, I've got a little. I've got a little iced tea going on. Iced tea. Is that is that sweetened or is it unsweetened? It's definitely sweet. Oh, okay. All right, Turkey Club. I'm going to have to let you go. I don't I don't do the sweet tea. I think it's an affront to good tea. But it, uh, it is, It's got to be sweet. Oh my but I, I'm telling you what. I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you. Go go just look at the AIC at the AIC uh, information okay. on, on, on Australian, uh, uh, you know, just like the, the CDC or any, any other thing. Okay. And you see a 50% increase in all your violent crime. Okay. When when guns are banned, that's what happens. I will check it out, and we'll write about it on the site. Turkey Club, thank you very much. We must let you go. But thank you for the call. You know, I I, I don't necessarily disagree with Turkey Club. So we've written about this, and it's, it's tough to find a consistent source when comparing violent crime rate because different countries have different standards. Different countries have different standards as to what they consider rape. You know, is rape... Uh, regretful sex, as they want to teach on college campuses, is rape every time I accidentally hit the channel when HBO Girls is on with Lena Dunham. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Have you ever actually seen Girls? Girls, no. I mean, I've seen Girls. Woman. 
have not seen the show. I, I try to typically avoid those sorts of... Uh, yeah, I mean, well, listen, because they're teaching on college regretful sex or sex you didn't enjoy, you can retroactively remove consent. Yeah. yeah. Well, I never consented to Lena Dunham being on my screen. It just pops up. She's always naked. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 And that's what I think about it. And then I look at her, and I realize that I've prejudged mm. that she's not going for the traditional standard of beauty, and it's not fair. It's modern beauty, Stephen. Well, that's the thing. People don't understand that people have different standards of beauty, and, and we are the ones who uphold the idea of the feminine form. But beauty can come in the shape of any living creature. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Including animals. It can come from animals. <laughs> like whales. Like whales. Like whales. Like like beached whales. So I do I appreciate Turkey Club's comments, but um, we've written about it. The gun buyback program, leftists will try and say, actually, you know, it decreased. Well, one thing we do know, it did not decrease crime at all. It's tough to find reliable information saying it notably increased crime. What we do know is that there are more gun owners in Australia, both legal and illegal, than ever. And for those of you, this is important because Hillary Clinton said she supported an Australia-style gun control. Well, what is that? We've talked about that on the program. What is that? It sounds benign, a buyback program, right? That sounds nice. Buyback program. Sounds kind of friendly. It sounds kind of friendly. Like a lemonade stand, only you get money. Yeah. Like we're going to trade in your iPhone. We're going to buy it back. We're going to give you a whole new iPhone. Yeah. What it was was a mandatory buyback, meaning the government bought your gun, but you had to tr you had to turn in your gun to get it bought, bought. And they gave you whatever the market value was they saw for your gun. So in other words, you had no right to that gun. You had to turn in your gun or it was illegal. It was a gun confiscation. So when Hillary Clinton says that she supports Australian-style gun control, she's supporting a gun confiscation. It's that simple. Stalker Jim is tweeting us asking me if I've seen the cover of Lena Dunham. No, the magazine cover. I don't know. I saw the magazine cover of that... Um, Woman of the Year there. Did you know, a little known fact about uh, Woman of the Year? Did you know? Uh, no. Was it, was it probably a, a pretty gal? I, I well, has it has a penis? Oh, well, there's that. Never go for retard. That's what Glamour did. Glamour magazine named Caitlyn Jenner, uh, Bruce Jenner with the penis, Woman of the Year. So that's a, it, what it, well, the real takeaway is, you know, you can analyze this, you can talk about the cultural ramifications, you can talk about the nuance of, of gender identity and how it relates or to the politics. Of penises. Peni. Well, what it, yes. I would say. What it comes down to is that woman of the year has a penis. It's a pretty big deal when you think about it. I'm kind of a big deal. The penis, I mean. The penis. That's the penis talk. That was the penis talk. That was the penis of Caitlyn Jenner talking. voice that I would have expected. Well, um, it's low, well, you know, you would have thought with the hormone penis. replacement therapy. I love how Caitlyn Jenner sounds like the animated Joker from Batman. Yeah, yeah. I'm a beautiful I'm, woman. I'm a beautiful woman. You want to buy me a drink? Keep your legs. Don't don't cross your legs at the stool. Don't do a Sharon Stone basic instinct because uh, then that stool has a, it's going to have a fourth leg. Lotter with Crowder. We'll be right back. to the GOP debate on CNBC. Hi, yeah, Becky again. Uh, this question is for Carly Fiorina. Um, 
there's been a lot of discussion regarding the economy and your record at HP, which might be less than stellar. So uh, considering how important this election is to, to so many American, oh, oh, <laughs> mealy mouth, <laughs> I had a Cosmo before, sue me. Considering how important this election is to like people who are out of work, I wanted to ask you, who are you wearing? Stay tuned for more of the GOP debates on CNBC. I'm going to do the things that I want to do. Next guest actually reached out to me. I got an email. Was it? Uh, it came through the website, right, Jared? I think so. I think it through the uh, the old info. The at. old hit the contact. Yep. Um, well, this is James actually, and he has been appointed uh, head of PR or PR general manager. He can give me the exact title of urban police relations because there have been a lot of situations going on. If you saw that situation there with the, the girl in the desk in class. A lot of people have some mistrust of police, and, and he's here to to help you navigate those waters. So, uh, James, we appreciate it. Did I get your title right? Uh, yeah, my uh, my title is just uh, expert. It's just expert. Okay. Well, we want to make sure that we have this. So, you've you've studied in this. Did you go to college? Is it? Does this would this come from a humanities degree, or or how do you get started in this? Well, I actually got my uh, degree uh, from uh, DeVry University, and um, it took me uh, a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, I took my my tests on the interwebs, and uh, here I am. Well, good. Okay. So there's been a rash of police brutality lately. Um, you know, we had it in McKinney where a police officer got pretty cross with a girl, for example. And then this week we were talking about it. Depends on where you line up. You know, this girl, her desk was tipped. She refused to leave class. Um, so some people are concerned that maybe some police are out of control. What, what what do you think seems to be the common thread here in these cases? Well, uh, it seems to be, I, it's been happening a lot the last couple of years, but uh, there's really one major thing you got to remember when you're dealing with a officer of the law. Now, uh, if an officer is approaching you and, uh, and you know, he's trying to get some information from you or he pulls you over at the side of a road or you're in some sort of, some sort of situation with him, um, you just got to remember that uh, he is an armed officer and uh, just uh, don't be an asshole. Okay, so this is, for which organization is it that you work? I, I work, uh, I'm a freelancer. Okay, you work freelance. So you work with all these sort of anti-police brutality campaigns. Um, so to be more specific, taking this example recently where this, this girl happened to be in class and she, she wasn't listening. You know, she, she didn't, uh, for those who don't know, she refused to put away her phone when she was asked to leave the class. She didn't. The officer came in. How should she have handled that situation differently? Well, I, I believe it all starts when you enter the classroom in that situation. Uh, there are certain rules that you abide by in uh, the scholastic system. Uh, I believe uh, one of them is not uh, using your cellular telephone while you are in a classroom. That's true. 
And the other is uh, not chewing gum. Oh, hello. So that's my dog is going a little bit angry right here. We'll have we'll have uh, Kate Jared take him, let him out. Oh. Um, okay. So not chewing gum is a big not one. Chewing, and yes, because gum, as you know, is uh, is is a very sticky substance. It gets uh, people put it under their desks. Uh, when people chew it, it looks very holish. And this all contributed to the whole behavior that she uh, was, uh, was, you know, showing the officer when she was asked to leave. And I think that comes back to rule number one, which is uh, just don't be an asshole. So, okay. It seems I understand where you're coming with this. And I, I understand the point that you're making. But what about people who maybe feel that they're discriminated against by police officers? So, you know, this girl did hit the officer. Um, she was disrespectful, but someone like a, you know, if we go back to Mike Brown, who, you know, who had gotten into a tussle with the officer, um, who had charged back at him, what would you say in those cases? What is it that they did wrong, if anything, and why was the backlash so severe against the cops? Well, it is in my expert opinion that even if you are someone who you feel is being discriminated against, um, it would be in your best interest when dealing with an armed member of the law, uh, meaning uh, an officer who has a, a, a gun or a, uh, a billy club or a, uh, a, a taser mm -hmm. or a, a stun gun. Yeah, we understand the weapons. Mm -hmm. um, that it would be in your best interest to not be an asshole because that's when things will start to get sticky. Is that now, is that when things start to get sticky or is that sort of the boiling point? Would you say that someone being that way, as you put it, is what escalates the situation? Or do you think maybe they're only being that because of the situation that's occurred before that? Well, it, I think it's a chicken and egg situation. Uh, but rather, whether you are a chicken or an egg... It is still in your best interest, whether you are that egg or the chicken, not to be an apple egg or an apple chicken, but to just not be an apple. Okay, so that seems to be the takeaway. Any advice to people before we leave? Uh, one last chance. People who may be listening, who have children or kids who are a little bit uh, leery of the of the police out there. W what would be your final parting word to those people? I would I would feel that the 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 opinion is that um, the takeaway is that um, you don't want to give off any sort of behavior that resembles any that of uh, an apple. Um, another another uh, behavior you don't want to you know to to represent is uh, that of a douchebag or a uh, a son of a or a uh, even a bag or even just a um, because uh, they are armed members of the law and they can take you out if you are an All right, James, thank you very much. That's all we have time for today, but uh, we appreciate it and we'll, we'll look forward to having you back on. Me too. Thank you for having me. Oh, that was James. I don't think... I don't think that was real. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't you mean, he, I don't think his credentials were real. I don't think his credentials are, uh, I don't, do you think he really went to, do you think he earned that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what his credentials are. It's, I don't, we got to talk with the booker about this.
Wait, you booked him. I, I did. He You're seemed fired. legitimate. He seemed, You're I mean, fired. he seemed legitimate, yeah. but don't, don't expect to come back next week. I think he makes, you know, listen, he's not wrong. No, no. He's not entirely wrong. When you really think about it, that is kind of the root issue. People are generally being bad to each other. Speaking of which, Black Pastor. Did you see this? Black Pastor in Los Angeles demanded an apology for Black Lives Matter. I did see that. And this is a Black Pastor who's not necessarily, you know, this conservative activist. Um, what happened was he was meeting with, well, I don't have it up here. Was it the mayor? Bring this up. Does that make him like like an Uncle St. Paul? Because, I mean, you could say Uncle Tom, but, I mean, that's not very, that's not as spiritual as maybe Uncle right. Peter, Uncle... Yeah, he was. Uh, so this is yeah. He was meeting with the mayor. So this was in Los Angeles, in South LA. This black pastor was meeting with the layer, mayor. Why? To talk about sort of tensions with police, and uh, how to improve them and relations, and at least the perception of the police and police being more active in their communities. This was a pastor in Los Angeles trying to do something. Meeting with the mayor had it scheduled. Black Lives Matter came up, showed up, disrupted it. They were rude. They bothered him, and so he banned them. And he asked for it very politely, said, you're gone, you're out of here, and asked for an apology. And now he's an Uncle Tom. Just like Don Lemon saying, Uncle, Uncle St. Tom. Uncle St. Tom. That, maybe that's the best. He's the, he's the patron saint of looters. Mm. So, you know what? He, he, uh, this pastor, this is a perfect example. He's black. What, is he a racist? It's not the problem with Black Lives Matter, as you're seeing. It's a problem with acting like terrorist organizations. It's a problem with completely going off the deep end and forcing people to agree with your opinion. It's a problem in, in it, it just not acting like a civilized human being. There's no place in civil... You know what? You want to meet with the pastor? Grab a number. Set a meeting. And this is what happened. They didn't. They decided to disrupt when the mayor was going to a black church in South L.A., to talk about how to improve a situation. Both parties, the pastor and the mayor, are figuratively doing exactly what Black Lives Matter wants them to do, right? Have an open dialogue. Or as Sean King, have an open dialogue. Hold on a second. I got sunburned. That's Sean King. Because <laughs> he's white. Sean King is white. If you didn't know. For those who didn't know, Sean King's a white guy. Um, so it, it's, it's, they're figuratively doing exactly what's demanded by Black Lives Matter. They are doing that exactly. And Black Lives Matter protest. What, what, what is it? I, it doesn't make any sense to me. It'd be like the, 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 the pro-abortion feminists showing up and protesting an abortion clinic as they were having a sale. They're doing what you want, although these people are doing something good, unlike abortions. They're doing what you want. What, what more do you... They don't want peace. They don't want to end the racial divide. They need more of it. Black Lives Matter needs to take in nonprofit dollars. Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, they need to take in more nonprofit dollars. They need to keep racism alive to be gainfully employed. And we talk about that. The same thing, you know, conservatives sometimes need to be outraged by everything in order to, to have a listenership. It's a lot easier to get people behind you if you, you have a rallying cry of, ah, injustice. And we point out hypocrisy, but the fact is we're not really all that mad about everything all the time. We try and be honest with you. The way we do it here is we just try and actually talk about things that matter, be honest, and entertain you. 
And hopefully you let, and don't steal our stuff. We request that you don't be a jerk and steal our stuff. That's about our business model. The business model for Black Lives Matter, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, or it's the exact same business model as Lena Dunham, as feminists, as Planned Parenthood, as, oh, what's her name? I just forgot. Sandra Fluke. They need to keep racism alive. They need to keep sexism alive. They need to divide and conquer. And they can go, more money, please. More money, please. Well, geez, there's a lot of sex. I didn't even realize how much sexism there was. It's everywhere. It's patriarchy. Well, how do we fix it? More money, please. More money. Damn. Oh, I, we, we already get millions of dollars in taxpayer funding for Planned Parenthood. No. What do you mean, no? Yes, you, you get some. No. Are you saying that it's not enough? No. More money. You and us some monies, but we need more monies. And then we can fight the patriarchy. Well, how are you going to fight them? Just, oh my God, what? You can't give me, is you so patriarchal? You can't give me any more of your money? Are you really, really? This is, you're going to be that guy? You're one of those guys who's so obsessed with being a man that you can't even open your wallet and give me more monies. Well, I'm just naming more monies, please. Same thing with Black Lives Matter. Racism. We need more money. Uh, all right. Well, I'm a black pastor. I'm meeting with the mayor of LA. More money. I think it should be Sean King. More, uh, more money. More sir. money, sir. Sir. Could more I have money, a, sir. A little bit more. Uh, yeah. And the your, pastor's going. Your dollars and cents. The pastor's going. You even black man. More money. Yes, I am. I am a person of color. I'm a person of color. You got any kind of. DNA test. No, I don't have anything to prove it. All I can say is that uh, my dad is white, my mom is white, but but in my defense, in my defense, good sir, uh, my mother is uh, a whore. So there's a good chance that she slept with someone who is not white, and I can't prove it. Uh, even though my, I would like to think my father is black. Now, if we could please, uh, sir, if you could please continue the conversation with me, Sean King, about um, you know giving us more money. That's where it goes. And we have to be worried about the Koch brothers. Black Lives Matter. And, oh, my. I just can't. I can't even. I can't even. We'll wrap this up in a nice bow. Louder with Crowder. You're listening to the GOP debate on CNBC. Yes, this next question is for Mr. John Kasich. Kasich? 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 Is it Kasich or Kasich? This question is for one Mr. John... Oh, we're out of time. Stay tuned for more of the GOP debates on CNBC. We're dancing, wrapping this all up in a nice bow. What a good day. What a great day to be alive. Because it's a great day to be alive. I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes. Never sing. Just as a general rule. Because it's a great day to be Travis Triss. I got a mullet and you know that.
I won't I won't go. I was going to rhyme with something profane. That's the only way I can make those rhymes happen. Travis Tritt, good guy, apparently rides Harley's long mullet, and um, I think he did prison time. Hey, we're in the last segment, and we've had a few callers call in, and we've talked about, um, and we've talked about Black Lives Matter. We've talked about, oh, breaking news. We got to go. This is breaking news on Louder with Crowder. I'm Perry Matheson. Justin Carlos Quintanilla, GOP debate moderator and commentator for CNBC, has been reported in hospital in Manhattan at Lenox Hill in critical condition post-brain aneurysm. The most likely cause, even though there's an ongoing investigation, was the absolute pounding that he took at the hands of Ked Cruz. Even though it occurred at other ends of his limbs, the shock traveled to the brain, causing cataclysmic damage to the fatty and cerebral tissue. We'll keep you abreast here on Lollipop. That was not a rape joke, was it? I think it was more a beating. I think, yeah, I think... Uh... Someone got hurt. That was not a hyperbole. I think he really. Just, I think. I really think. Hurt. Yeah. I think Carlos Quintanilla got hurt. Ugh. Ted Cruz went after him, man. Well, a lot of people don't know that during the break, he 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 drop kicked him. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why he he looked uncomfortable coming from that. Yeah, one, he that did. Commercial. He looked 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 a little. Uh, yeah, he got drop kicked by people. Don't know that. You know, I think there's some cell phone footage on TMZ. Mm. You know, I don't want to make a big deal out of this, but, you know, we were not able to do our video because we had a, a really tough time tracking down a midget last week. People, We people, did. No one yeah. ever came through for us. We were doing a Halloween video. We needed a midget for Hillary Clinton. We needed a, a I little, mean, it was, it was a tall order. We needed a little trooper. We needed a little trooper. It was a tall order. We couldn't but, find a little trooper. Yeah, I know. It's been we tough. came up short. We I don't came know. up short. So there was no video, but we have more videos coming your way. LotterWithCrowder.com. Uh, of course, we'll have the video extended interview with, with Mike Huckabee up there. And uh, some more goodies coming this week. Mm -hmm. So we talked about a few things this week. Obviously, the GOP debate was a big one. Uh, most It seems like if we're looking on Twitter, we're still getting tweets all the time. And you can tweet us if you're listening to this on your podcast, as most people seem to do these days, because you can listen to it on demand. Seems to be Cruz and Rubio. And then everyone else is kind of jockeying third place with uh, Fiorina or Christie or Carson. And then, of course, you have the Trump people who just say it's all Trump, 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 But those people are stupid. It wasn't a loop in the in the radio. It was me going Trump, 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 I thought maybe you had an aneurysm or something. Hold on, Trump, 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 Trump. Frankly, those people are fantastic. I love that sound. It sounds like my moped when I was a little kid. I had my moped. I had my, uh, when I rode my moped, I had my muffler there on my moped. I used to hit it. I had a custom made. Firstly, it was a gold moped. It had the word Trump written on the moped, okay? Frankly, they used to call me the moped machine. It's not what they, it's what they called me. And I would have a guard that would go Trump, 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 Trump. So when people knew I was coming down the block, they could hear me coming down the block because it would go Trump, 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 Trump. Then I got my ass absolutely kicked. I've never been a guy who could stand up to to getting my ass kicked. But, uh, you know, then I, I used dad's money and I bought a bunch of stuff and I'm very successful. I'm very rich. What's wonderful about me, okay, frankly, is I'm very rich. I can't believe we had Trump just do that call-in interview. <laughs> he never, <laughs> never queued him up for anything. I don't. He, he wouldn't even just... queued him up. 
We just had to bring him right in. I couldn't believe it. Like, literally, it was the worst moment for me ever in media as far as moderating any debate when they ask Ben Carson the Costco question. That Costco is gay-friendly, and you said on the board once, and you're against gay marriage. I was sitting there going, what the hell do I care about what Costco thinks? Costco didn't care. They had him on the board. But Carlos Quintanilla... Terrible. The fan duel questions, yeah. spending time on that. Just, just. But Carlos Quintanilla, oh our thoughts and prayers with him and his family, obviously, um, was just that he just kept going. He just kept going. Him and Becky. Becky, oh my God. That's what I felt like. I felt like she just had like a, a Tupperware party. Becky, what are you what are you doing this week? Well, I'm cooking a tuna casserole. But like Becky with a hangover because she looked a little out. She of it. looked out of it. She was not happy to be there. Well, I think her we husband. You weren't happy for her to be I'm there. No, I'm pretty sure her husband beats her. So what happened was she came home from the Tupperware car party. Her, you know, she made the wrong, the, it, the steak was like, it was medium. It was past rare. So uh, he got swatted around and she was upset, but they were like, you know, what are you doing? And, 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 and Carla at the Tupperware party said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to actually be doing a, a knitting party. And then Becky, what are you doing? I'm moderating the GOP debates. No way. Yeah. Becky, how could you not even tell us? Was it for sure? I wanted to make it for sure before I made this announcement. You're no, you're de, you're moderating the GOP debates. I'm totally moderating the GOP debates. Becky, shots, 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 shots. And that's why she looks the way she did. Um, here's the thing. Yes, the media is to blame for that. But here's the problem: when conservatives always, well, the media, we know it, right? But it's like going into a cage and saying, man, he's, this guy's got a real, or going into, you know, boxing and you go, this guy's got a really bad left hook. Well, you know it, you accept it and you train for it. If conservatives just keep only complaining about the media, they make themselves powerless. Don't do that. Don't give up your power. If Ted Cruz says, well, I'm not getting time because of the media. Well, no, you're really not getting a lot of time because when you have time, you're not causing people to listen. You did this time. Don't just place the blame on someone else. Yes, the media is biased. The entire entertainment industry, absolutely. Uh, we have an administration who is selectively prosecuting you. All of these things are true, and we expose it on the show all the time. But you know what we also do? We try and create media. We do what we can. At a certain point, you have to accept the things you cannot control in the immediate future and work on the things that you can. So GOP candidates who are listening, and I know there are a few of them who listen to this show, don't allow yourself to be powerless and place the blame on the media. Yeah, they're bad, but there's a lot that you can do about it. Go do it. See you next week, Louder with Crowder. You're listening to the GOP Debate on CNBC. This question is for Mr. Dr. Ben Carson. You endorsed a supplement company that was proven to give people cancer immediately. Uh, firstly, I don't think that's true about that supplement company. I've never actually endorsed them or worked with them officially. Well, they did put your picture on their Facebook page, so there is that. Well, like I said, they could do that without my permission. I never had any working relationship, and I think that this is fundamentally dishonest. It's propaganda for you to say that I was part of giving people cancer. You, I think you know that's untrue. Well, I do have the report here that you worked with a supplement company in actively 
giving people cancer. That is CNBC's official position. Are you saying that we are incorrect in the information we have? What I'm saying is that I'm a very calm person with a demeanor uh, that many people have said I almost don't get mad enough, but um, I would have no problem if you continue with that lie and don't move on somewhere else to show you what it's like down there in D. Okay, from Detroit. I will go completely Detroit on your ass. You don't even... Stay tuned for more of the GOP debates on CNBC.